But my hope is that it, it'll happen. We'll get a first exhibition game or first game um, prior to June 1st. But in terms of do we have to finish out the season? No. I mean, the country and the world comes first, you know. I, I'm a big believer in Corona karma. You know, you don't you don't do something that's going to mess up everybody and, and you try to do the right thing. But the right thing also says that if we can do it safely and give people who are quarantined something to root for and something to cheer for, that's also a good thing, too. But again, everything's qualified by what will doctors say and what 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 will keep everybody safe. Uh, that's Mark Cuban, right? It's funny. I could tell Mark Cuban's voice, but I couldn't tell LeBron, James, LeBron James from yesterday. I had no idea who that was. LeBron James calling from the tomato can. <laughs> uh, Mark Cuban. By the way, we were watching this show the other day, and, and I like this show. I, once in a while when it's on, you like Shark Tank? Oh, we love it. Yeah, it's good. Can't get enough of it, man. That's a good show. It's good stuff. Yeah, really wild. You know what's fascinating about that? Because, like, I didn't major in business. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm sure they're, like, if, if you majored in business and you listen to those guys talk and, and how the negotiation goes back and forth, or maybe you're just smarter than me, which is probably the real truth, uh, then it is what it is, right? Like, you're probably like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, to me, it's fascinating listening to the negotiation part, especially mm-hmm. when they get two or three of them involved. And I'm like, what does this even mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty pretty well done. Uh, I think it's kind of a fun thing. It also shows you how creative people are. Oh, it's, <laughs> you know? it's insane. I'm going to be honest. Half of those presentations are a little too cheesy for my liking. Yeah, but I mean, But, I mean, you know, it is like, see, if it's me, I'm just going to go up with, hey, I'm selling this. Check this out. Let's make a deal. And I'm probably not going to get selected, but people are are really creative. It's like you said, it's insane. Well, not only that, but I, I think the cool thing now is like a lot of the products are out there mm-hmm. and they're just trying oh, to get yeah. them bigger out there. So like you go on, uh, there was a, one the other day I was watching, it was like this nail safety thing or safety nail, like so you don't hit your thumb. Okay. And, as, and they said it's on Amazon. I was like, oh yeah, look at that. It's on Amazon yeah, for like yeah. $9.99. You can yeah. buy it. I almost wanted to buy it just because of that. <laughs> just support the guy. Uh, Brett Martin of Austin Lane, not selling anything. Yet. Just talking about sports. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. go ahead and get your new Sex City t-shirts, ESPN 690, coming out uh, in a couple months now. And uh, by the way, if BreakingT.com doesn't get to it, we're all over the uh, oh, Tiger, King, Tiger King, Joe Burrow. Yeah, we're just going to completely turn our backs on the Jaguars and focus more on Bengals merchandise, man, in Cincinnati. Hey, money talks. Money does talk, man. You're not lying about that, Brent. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks, not Joe Burrow. That, that's an interesting topic, too. Uh, not much of one probably come draft time. A couple of quick hitters on, on the NFL. Uh, we also have uh, Stephen hanging on the line, too, with a couple more things. But why haven't these guys signed anywhere? Is it simply the physical nature of Cam Newton, Jameis Winston? Uh, I mean, listen, L.A. is an old I, – I don't care what anybody says. Tyrod Taylor, that's fine. If you want to go with them, go with them. But you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're – they have a pretty good roster in L.A., man. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor's not the guy you go with if you feel like you're going to win it all. I, I, I just don't see that. I, he's not dynamic enough for me. I, we differ. There's some people that really like Tyrod Taylor. I don't, I don't mind him, but to be the guy that's going to you know help your franchise go over the hump, I have a hard time believing Tyrod that. Tyrod Taylor's to, to me, is great. If you have an unbelievable defense, which, by the way, the Chargers do have pretty good defense, and if you are okay with being like – Halfway, like a 500 team to a nine win team to a 10 win team and getting in a wild card. I, I feel like the Chargers have a roster that they say, you know, they just brought in two more offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They beef up their offensive line. They have the defensive uh, weapons. 
They've got offensive weapons. They've Austin got Eckler. Eckler. They so. don't have the Gordon Eckler thing anymore. But which is which could benefit them if Austin Eckler can stay healthy. Oh, absolutely. Because their offense was really humming when Melvin Gordon absolutely. wasn't in it. They've made that decision. Yeah. And I mean, they're a dynamic quarterback away from being a legit contender, not only in the West and the AFC, but for a Super Bowl. I think. I mean, they need a little luck too. They've been awfully snake bitten. It feels like in the last few years. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it, man. I mean, what am I missing? So, and, and there's no rush right now, I guess. It's not like 15 teams want Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. But i got to believe one of those guys is a better option than yeah. Tyrod Taylor if I want to win big. And, and I'm going to be honest, man. If I see a couple more posts with people saying Cam Newton's going to go to the Jaguars, I'm going to freak out, Brent. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to literally freak out just because I don't see it happening. You know, like, here you're going to tell me that the Jaguars are going to invest in a – in a broken-down quarterback in Cam Newton who is coming into a new system himself instead of investing in Andy Dalton, who has worked in Gruden's system before, who, who can actually mentor Minshew. You know, you, you have to believe if Cam Newton comes to Jacksonville, he's trying to be the starter, okay? There's there's no time to help Gardner Minshew along. It's like, this is my team now, and you can get in line. Now, once again, said it before, I would love to have Cam Newton on the Jaguars so I can go to the wall that says it all over his style every single weekend. I think it could be some... Uh, you know, some some gold there in terms of viewership and things like that. And I also want to ask him about his font that we've been so adequate about that we're not fans of. But overall, if I'm Cam Newton, because, you know, we look at it from the Chargers' perspective. We look at it from the Jaguars' perspective. But let's look at it from Cam Newton's perspective real quick, right? Where if you're Cam Newton, to me, you want to go to a team where you have a really great shot of starting. I think if he comes to Jacksonville, I still think Minshew's the man. So it wouldn't make much sense for me. It's wild to say. Yeah. You know, it's wild to say it that. It is wild I, to I, say I don't know if I disagree with you, but, but it's, it's wild to say that Cam Newton, former MVP of the league, yeah. Cam Newton as dynamic as he can be, Cam Newton Superman, Cam Newton built like very few athletes we've ever seen built sure. like, mm-hmm. is going to <laughs> be the backup to six-round pick, short then one, then the box checks and, uh, a little and his own style, by the way, <laughs> polar opposites of style. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have classic rock verse, like <laughs> metrosexual, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever you want to call yeah. it. I mean, it's hard to say that out loud. And listen, I love Minshew, man. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they're rolling with Minshew. And yeah. I don't disagree with you, but it's weird to say it. Yeah. You know what? Go ahead and give me Cam Newton and Jacksonville. Let's get a reality TV show started. <laughs> Just in case the NFL season hard doesn't knocks. happen. We go. Oh, hard knocks all day. But if we look at it from the quarterback's perspective, Brent, I'm looking at Cam Newton. If I'm Cam Newton, I'm going to the Chargers. If I'm Cam Newton, I'm going to the Dolphins possibly. Because, yes, the Dolphins more than likely taking Tua. We'll see what happens there. But at least I think with Cam Newton, you know, he, he could still be the starter, and they're going to bring Tua along slowly, especially that injury. You know, like to me, the Chargers and the Dolphins kind of guarantee you playing time, um, especially starting out with. And the same thing with Jameis Winston as well. I think if I'm Jameis Winston, um, yeah, the Chargers are very intriguing, uh, the Dolphins as well. But maybe like a team like, you know, the Steelers, where – you have to accept the backup role for maybe a year or two years, but then when Big Big Ben's gone, because let's be honest, how many years does he have left? How much tread is left in those tires? Then you can, then you can take over for a great organization with a great team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I just don't see Jacksonville being the prime destination for free agent quarterbacks like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston to come to. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man, uh, and I still believe... Oddly enough, all the stuff you say about Cam, he's one of the most fascinating athletes and big superstars that you you will find in the last decade. 
But I still would rather have Jameis Winston because I know what I'm getting. And I'm going to try to fix that, but I know at least he'll be able to play. I, I have real big concerns about the future of Cam Newton. I, but partly because I just don't think Carolina would give up on somebody like that if they didn't think the injuries were that much of a concern. Mm-hmm. He was that big of a star there. And again, this is not a guy here that's ever claimed that Cam Newton's a great quarterback. I know he had the dynamic year, but I actually <laughs> – people laugh at this, and, and I oh, I think if you look inside the numbers and if you watch the game, I don't think Cam Newton was that different than Blake Bortles. Oof. I really don't. I, I think – the here's Oof. the difference. Listen, man, he, oh. couldn't, he was not an accurate passer. He was not an accurate passer at all. And I think if you look at – Here's what the difference was. He threw a pretty ball. He throws a pretty ball. He's also and an MVP, though, Brent. I know, but if you For look at his percentages, if you look at some of the numbers, go back and look them up. They're not dynamic outside of that year. Now, again, I, I've just said Bortles' game and his inaccuracies and his problems. and not. Now, the big difference is Bortles didn't throw a pretty ball at all, so it looks awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and Cam does. Cam throws a, right, a ball that... Is, is spiraling everywhere, but it's never spiraling right into the midst of a receiver. <laughs> yeah. Hardly ever. Uh, I think he had some of the same flaws. I really do. Uh, now I'm not. I'm not telling you that Bortles was a better quarterback than him, and obviously the resume is way better. But I thought I've always thought Cam Newton was overrated in the NFL. I really do. And on top of that, I think he got beat up in these last couple of years because of it. They said, you know what? We need you to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Now also defend Cam Newton by saying this. Cam Newton never had a ton around him on that outside. Like, he never – who were the dynamic weapons? Uh, well, Steve Smith early on. No, he had but Steve Smith. Going, well, then he had Kelvin Benjamin, who had, uh, like, a two good seasons. Then he kind of fell the off year. the wagon. Yeah. And then he had Devin Funches, who was okay, but then he kind of fell off a little yeah. bit. So you're giving so, me okay guys. I mean, yeah. Smith, obviously, is a Hall Olsen, of Fame I mean, guy. Obviously, Olsen at tight end was always kind of that constant. He was the kind of the guy that you depended on, the, the key cog in that offense. But I'm talking 16, 17, 18, and even, I guess, 19. When I mean, they it was started more to Christian McCaffrey. Off, it yeah. was not much, mm-hmm. and 16, 17 especially. So Cam was asked to do a lot, and mm-hmm. and probably more than in, than a quarterback should be asked to do. Um, so I don't love the idea of uh, of Cam Newton anyway as a QB. I mean, I just think it's weird to hear a guy's name as big of a superstar as he was. Mm-hmm. You know, like you absolutely laugh when I say that Bortles and Newton. <laughs> like, but I'm telling you, if you look at some of their stats, it's. They had some similar issues. They really did, in my opinion. Well, I mean, in terms of completion percentage, Blake Bortles' career, 59.3. Cam Newton, 59.6. So you can take that how you want it. Yeah, I, it, I think his inaccuracies were a big problem, though. If, like, oh, if you, yeah. If you sat there and watched. Now, again, well, you could find some highlight throws from Cam that you would never throw for sh- be fine from Bortles. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking mega star in Cam Newton, and Bortles never was that. But I think if you watch tape, if you really dissect like 30 throws in a game, you'll see some throws and you'd be like, what in the world was that? Well, how many times here in Jacksonville you say, what in the world was that? Well, listen, I think Cam Newton had his best seasons when he was mobile. You know, like when he had injuries and he was forced to stay in the pocket and couldn't scramble out anymore, use his legs to his advantage, then that's where he had to be that true pocket pass quarterback, and that's not his style. So I think that's where the accuracy stem from. When Cam Newton can move around, make guys mix, miss, you know, and obviously make defenses plan for him, then that's where Cam Newton shines. But but if he's hurt like he's been lately a lot, then that's where he's kind of. I think his skill set um, is pedestrian then in terms of his accuracy. Yeah, it's really wild. Cam Newton's a fascinating uh, part of this, and again, Winston has. I, I would think some star potential still in there. I mean, you don't throw for 5,133 touchdowns and some of the plays Brent, that he, he makes. Brent, interceptions. But he has 30. Yeah, he does. Come on. He does. Come on now. Who would you rather, seriously, if you're the Chargers and you feel like you're good, 
who are you taking? Both are risky. One's a health risk. And to be honest with you, I think one's an accuracy risk. Uh, and, and I think uh, well, they're both kind of accuracy. Risks. Well, true. And, yeah. and one's a, one's a turnover machine. If you're Anthony Lynn out there, who do you want? And I think Ken Wisenhunt's on that staff, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who would who would you rather run with? I'm taking I'm taking Jameis all day. Um, I think he has underrated mobility, which can make things interesting as well. But I think I take the sure thing at least. He's probably going to play 16 games, assuming we can keep him upright, as opposed to Cam Newton, who's had a, a laundry list of injuries. Yeah, uh, it, and it's, it's probably unfair, by the way, to uh, to Cam Newton because, but he's kind of made his bed in this respect. From an outside perspective, if you don't know much, your first reaction to Cam Newton is he's like a selfish guy, me, me guy, look at me guy, right? I mean, every time he goes to the podium, he's look at me guy. Mm-hmm. And so you wonder how he is as a teammate because of that. Well, and that's why we wonder if he can play a backup position in the NFL. Yeah. And it's not because maybe he can. Maybe he's just fine. Maybe he'd be a great teammate if he was forced to do it. But we don't feel like it. Jameis feels like he could settle into that spot a little bit more so than Cam Newton. Does. I'll tell you what, though, man, from a leadership perspective, I'd rather take Cam Newton than Jameis Winston. Because when Jameis Winston was doing that whole let's go get a dub thing and he's licking his fingers, a little, little too cringy for my liking. Yeah, a little odd. A little too cringy for my liking. I guess both are a little odd in some ways. A little, uh, little Steven's on the line. Let's get to a couple more football, and then we're going to uh, talk more Jags in the draft and everything else, uh, including a little college, because I want to talk about Florida State for a couple minutes uh, before this hour is up. What's up, Steven? Thanks for jumping in. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, guys. I piqued your interest yesterday with the wide receiver topic, so I figure I might as well go two for two. Uh this goes to Austin for a few weeks of me hearing him say that uh, Jaguars could use that change of pace running back yeah. because I believe we can all agree that the best years of Jacksonville is when they had the dual threat of Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew switching in and out every two to three plays, throwing off the defense, and they were killing it in the run game. And 17, they kind of did the same thing with having Leonard Fournette and then your change of pace and TJ Yeldon, and they had great success. I feel, who could you see in this draft them getting to get that polar opposite of Leonard Fournette and being that change of pace running back and a huge threat? All right, that's very safe. Go ahead. uh, my, My choice in that was go back to LSU uh, look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had 55 receptions last year with 450-plus yards just yeah. catching the ball. No, that, uh, all right, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, so, I've seen him actually mocked if you go down to like a second or third round draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people do the two and three round. And I've seen him mocked to the mm-hmm. Jags. I just think second round and first round are too high for the Jags to jump into a running back situation. Yep, so great question uh, by, by Steven here. And, you know, he, he got back to saying the change of pace back. And, and I'm very adamant on about it because I think the way the NFL is now, you don't want that bell cow running back to get 25 to 30 carries and then receptions also in the mix as well a game. You know, and hey, Let's give Leonard Fournette credit. The guy stayed healthy up until the last game, and that was more, I think, of just you know the flu-like symptoms and maybe just shutting him down for the season. So Leonard Fournette has shown that he can stay healthy, okay? And I think he's got the new mindset of where you know his work ethic and everything has reached a new echelon. Fantastic. But you can't deny the fact that if you watch teams that have success, especially on offense in the NFL, they have uh, you know a couple backs at their disposal. And the change of pace back to me, it's just it's just a different wrinkle that keeps defenses honest. So the beauty with the change of pace back, if you want to draft one, is the fact, like you said, Brent, where do you really want to spend a second round or third round pick on a backup, you know, 
guy. I mean, let's be honest. Leonard Fournette's going to get the starting reps for sure. And then, you know, the Clyde Edwards, Hilaire would come in for what, maybe 10 reps, maybe 15 reps uh, per game. I can't co-sign on, you know, taking a guy in the second round, possibly third round. A guy that I like a lot and... I'm a little bitter towards him because he lost me my bet with Brent Martineau in terms of the Senior Bowl when we had our Fantasy Senior Bowl um, draft happen. Darius Anderson out of TCU. Um, this guy made a name for himself, much like Kinlaw, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the guy showed that nobody can keep up with him. He's got elite quickness, vision, cutting abilities, and he's got the instincts. And he is that receiver threat that you want at a running back position. Beauty with him, he could go fourth or fifth round. And I think yeah. right there, when we're talking about that, that's the perfect spot for the Jaguars to pick somebody. Keep in mind as well, though, free agency is still around. Chris Thompson got out of Washington. You know, I mean, Jay Gruden knows a lot about him, obviously. He spent a, a couple years in his system. He was kind of a beast for a few years, and he's definitely a receiver threat as well. So I say either Darius Anderson in the draft or Chris Thompson in free agency. My curiosity on the Chris Thompson front is I wonder if they, is there something that's nicked up with him and he's got to pass a physical and they're waiting on that or just for him to sign with anybody, but even mm-hmm. the Jags, because there are still some guys like that, you know, depending on how they finish the year, maybe what what they had wrong with them. Can you get healthy enough to pass physicals, you know, and, and all that stuff? So I, I think other than that, the Thompson thing makes so much sense to at least try it for the Jags. Yeah. Wouldn't be super expensive and was productive with Jay Gruden. I think the only guy in the, that I really would jump at in an early, like, not, probably not first round, but maybe jump back into the first round or trade up in the early second round if still available and he slips, but I don't think he's going to, is DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Yeah, I yeah, mean, if yeah. you got that guy... He could be – because now you start thinking a little bit – you're not going to 50-year option Leonard Fournette under the new rules, I don't believe, because it's fully guaranteed. It's not just for injury anymore. Mm-hmm. So I believe they won't do that even though they have until May to do it. Well, now you're, you're maybe drafting his his replacement. Mm-hmm. And so I think it goes more into not only a this-year pick and change of pace back, but a next-year and beyond pick uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the future of who's going to be in that backfield uh, with them. All right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, Mark Long from the Associated Press joins us, and we're going to talk some Jags. What was What is Leonard thinking with the Cam Newton stuff? Um, but what does he think about that 50-year option? How the Jags are have done? Also, uh, he covers the Florida Gators, but I really have a Florida State question for him uh, because Dan Mullen went through this a couple years ago. Now Mike Norvell's going through it in Tallahassee, but in a, in a totally different situation. And so uh, I'm going to ask Mark Long a little bit about that when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You're always welcome in the conversation, 904-362-9901. If there's one bastion of hope that we have as fans is please take our mind away from what's happening currently in the world. And if the hard part for players is to play in an arena with no fans, then we have to do that. We need to do that because us as fans, we need our superstar players to lead the effort to take our minds away from this horrific place that we're in as a society right now. That's what we need, Greeny. So if the time comes up, I really hope that LeBron and everybody, as hard as it may be, they step up and they they bring that energy because this is what we need from them. This is what we need from LeBron James and all the great leaders in sports. That's Jay Williams on uh, Get Up on ESPN. That was a pretty passionate play. I think it was in context of, you know, when they get back, if they start earlier, will they do it without fans, all that. Listen, I think it's an all or nothing thing. I don't think this is going to be a slow trickle of Oh yeah, now you can get back in and and all that. So I think this we, is it's either going to be safe to go back to normal lives, mm-hmm. 
or it's not. And I think the organizations, as much as they want to say, hey, maybe we can get Major League Baseball going by early June. Maybe we can get this going by middle of June or by early July. I don't know if they're going to have the luxury of doing that. Uh, although the NFL right now is really just saying, I don't care what anybody's saying. <laughs> A calendar will go on. Roger Goodell, man, the ultimate creature of habit, right? I, like, the, the show goes on. You know what I'm saying? I also think it was a little bit of a response because LeBron on the, what we, yes. the audio we played yesterday where he's like, what is playing a sport with no fans there. Yeah, and he's been back and forth on that. Yeah. I mean, first he was adamant, no way, man, you know, and then he was like, okay, I get it. You know, so I think they will if they can. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's going to be an option. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's welcome in uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press. Covers the Jags and the Gators. We see him all the time down at Daytona. Covers NASCAR. Does a little bit of everything. I like it. Or are you doing a little bit of nothing right now? What's the story, man? How you doing? How you holding up? <laughs> I'm doing a lot of nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, just gotta, I'm finding other things to do, writing some features here and there. Uh, luckily, last week we had enough going on with the Jags and free agency that that uh, kept me busy. But uh, AP's always got something they want you to do or something, some sort of project they want you to work on. Yeah, man. I, I listen, and I even hate saying it to you that way because I've been a big, uh, I've been so adamant. And don't tell me I've got nothing to talk about. Don't uh, don't tell me I have nothing to do. I mean, I like I said, I mean, do my sports cast at night. I mean, we've we're we're dropping stuff out of our show. Uh, the three minutes isn't enough. We've got half-hour shows on the weekends. We're fine. We've got plenty to talk about. A lot of that's the NFL, and, and we're, we're doing fine here on the radio side without breaking out brackets and all that stuff. I, I get it. I know the time we're in, but I actually think this is a fantastic time for for journalism if you want to kind of recreate things and, and maybe gets us back to the roots of storytelling a little bit more. Oh, there's no doubt. There, I mean, there's no doubt. I, I am actually working on a feature, and it's a fascinating story about a walk-on on the University of Florida basketball team who literally played two games this year. And he's a fascinating story, you know, in that he only played two games. And, you know, forget the fact that he had a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, but uh, the kid's just fascinating. And I spent a couple hours with him, you know, just breaking down his story. And that's the kind of stuff that you're talking about. You really, really get a chance to to dive into stories that you wouldn't have told normally. You know, you just wouldn't have had time if I was sitting at the Players' Championship and then sitting at the NCAA tournament in Tampa and then, you know, whatever this week held. Uh, you know, I just wouldn't have had time to do it. And I, this is kind of one of those breaks that uh, is giving you a chance to do things that you wouldn't normally do for, for some of us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, think about like ESPN, you know, where Scott Manpelt's uh, giving a lot of love to the seniors, and mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people even locally in their own markets are doing something like that. They're probably getting more love for being seniors than they would have gotten if the show just went on. Yeah, you know? for sure. So it's, oh, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, I like that stuff. Though I think that's cool. I think that's what's cool about our business and and uh, in this time frame. And as everybody's trying to document it, it's just so different. Uh, let me do some quick hitters with you on the Jags. Uh, did you like the Showbert signing? Uh, it obviously was the big signing of free agency, unless you want to include Tyler Eifert in there. Yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was a little, probably a little pricey for him, but that's what you get in free agency. You're always overpaying for guys for the most part. It's either those one-year deals with guys who are, you know, 32, 33 years old, or, you know, you're, you're overpaying for a guy who looks like he's, you know, in his prime or the best years are ahead of him, one of those things. And that's where they, they landed with Schobert. They needed they needed it. They they had to find fill that spot. They had to move Miles Jack back to the outside linebacker. And they had looked at it and said, Okay, there are no guarantees. There aren't enough middle linebackers in the draft. It's not a great draft for middle linebackers. So you're gonna go spin there and I think the 
the rest of, I think the, the one thing that the free agency has told us that the rest of those open spots or what you see as open spots for the Jags, they're really going to try to fill them with those 12 draft picks. I, you know, I don't think that they signed a guy you're looking at as a long-term fix at D tackle or a long-term fix at D end or a long-term fix at cornerback, wherever they address. But Schobert is, you know, essentially their long-term fix at middle linebacker. Everything else to me will be, uh, will be addressed in the draft. Maybe not tight end now, but uh, I think they still have hope that, uh, that uh, Josh Oliver is going to take a big DJ Chark type leap and uh, be what the what they drafted him to be as a third round pick. Hey, what's up, Marcus Austin Lane here? Great to hear from you, man. So yeah. we talk about Dark was Denard. Okay, it was a guy kind of yeah. an under key signing. I was excited about him just the way that he plays the run. Basically. The Jaguars and him come to an agreement that they cannot reach an agreement, really, in the final contract terms. The first time I've really ever heard of that. Well, then a few days later, Michael Brockers, now of the Baltimore Ravens, does the exact same thing. Do you know what happened with those contracts? Like, what, what, does, that, what does that mean? Yeah, I think you know, the only one I go back to, and, and also to check on check on that one, the only one that I could remember before uh, Denard was, I think, Frank Gore. I think he had a... Uh, an agreement in hand to go somewhere before he ended up with the Colts. Okay. And, uh, and so very, but, but, but again, it has not happened very often. Uh, very super rare. My guess is, and again, it's just a guess because the Jags have been mum. His agent doesn't want to, doesn't want to delve into it. My guess is something turned up similar to Brockers, something turned up in the physical. And, uh, the Jags said, okay, well, we're going to work this into the contract. And they, they balked and said, no way, we don't want it. You know, so that's my guess, and that's that's kind of what happened with Brockers. It sounds like something showed up in his physical. And I think that both of them, we may be sitting here, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months and going, you know, this is the the ultimate effect. And it may not be the last of, a, of coronavirus here, where where these guys couldn't be physical ahead of time or immediately after, and now all of a sudden you're getting physicals, you know, basically nine days later or a week later and it's causing some issues in the, in the contract. I don't know. That's my guess. It could just be, you know, it could also be something, some sort of language in the contract that the Jag had that uh, his agent didn't like, and uh, they bought that, just could not figure it out. Or, you know, I mean, you know, who knows? It also could have been the fact that they signed another cornerback days after him, and, and he thought this was a slam dunk, and all of a sudden he's looking at his way, wait, wait, you're bringing in another veteran? And, you know, I might have to compete out there. No, 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 no. That's not going to be the case. So I think the reality of the bottom line is the Jags now have themselves in a hole at cornerback. I mean, they've had a hole already. Some people would say they had two holes, but they certainly had one hole. And uh, now, even with, even you know, with Denard pulling out, now they got another huge hole to fill going into the draft. And I would think it puts cornerback squarely uh, as a position of, of possibility at 9 and or 20. Mark Long for the Associated Press with us here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I like the scenarios you played out. I mean, I think any of them could be relevant. I do think because of the times we're in, this is so unique, that the physicals and, and something hitting a snag make a lot of sense. Now, my hunch was he didn't like the signing of Melvin and said, oh, wait a minute, yeah. man. I don't want all that competition plus a draft pick coming in, and you already like Trey Herndon. He might not have liked that. I mean, he really might not have. So, But he uh, should have known that ahead of time. I Maybe not the so. Melvin part, but. You know, you can't know. Yeah. You can't go look at it. You'll find a mock draft out there that has Jeff Acunda going to the Jags. 
fall into the Jags at nine. You know, they're yeah. out there. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome so, to free agency. You know, what I, do you expect? I, listen, that's just me kind of thinking of something else outside, like like you were saying. But I do think the fiscal side. I talked to an agent today, uh, an old friend, uh, and he, he's been in the business for a while. And I said, have you, is this common? Like, have you seen this? He said he had only had it happen one other time. And he's been doing business for two decades now. And uh, it happened back in 2009. And it was something with the physical. Hmm. So I think that's how unique this is. And you brought up the Gore situation, but it's really hard to find it. The fact that it happened two times in like a three-day span, it has to do with the times right now and the physicals that we're under. Uh, All right, a couple other things uh, with the Jags. How about Leonard, man? (laughs) Leonard and the Cam Newton stuff. He Uh, wants Cam. How much – what what does that say? Uh, Do you think they – they're not going to do the fifth-year option now, right? Because of the language of that in the new CBA. I mean, I thought it, I thought they were. I was the guy that said, "Hey, I think they are going to do this. They're going to risk this. They're going to get a fifth-year out of a top With five Leonard? pick." I thought they were going to do it, but now because oh, of the language, you're on an you were on an island before. Now you're really on an island if you say it now. Well, no, no, now I don't think so. I, I really don't think they were going to do it um, because of of the guarantee now of it and and how it's uh, the language in in the CBA. Yeah. Uh, do you think? I mean. Of, of, if there's one more guy to move, potentially, it could be Leonard. Um, and what do you make of the Cam Newton stuff anyway? Is that just Leonard being Leonard? Well, yeah, it's, it is Leonard being Leonard, but you you got to know Garner Minshew's going to see that. Absolutely. And go, wait, 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 wait. What are you doing? And I can guarantee you this. The Jags the Jags have a have to pick between Leonard Fournette and Garner Minshew. They're taking Minshew, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's just how you roll. You got to roll with your quarterback. Uh, I don't. I think Cam Newton is a slam dunk. No way he lands in Jacksonville. And Leonard's just stirring the pot and really kind of almost embarrassed himself by suggesting it. And if anything, I'm I'm still under the guise that Leonard's gone. I don't think Leonard plays another down for this franchise. I think that he is absolutely on the trading block. And I I think they're whatever they can get for him, they'll get for him. Uh, you hope maybe, I'm sure, you know, they're working the phones now trying to get something. But m- my guess is he's not a member of this, this team come uh, come the fall. Maybe I'm crazy there because of the salary cap. I, uh, you know, I get it. It's an $8 million. It's $8 million. He's $8 million on the cap. I think he'd be four even if you traded him. He's four for the Jags and four for somebody else, something like that, four and change. So it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to trade him. But I think they know who he is, what he is, how hard he works, how good a teammate he is, or how poor a teammate he is, what kind of influence he can be in that locker room, and they want him out. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I can see that. I feel like he turned it around a bit last year, but I still think he has some value in a potential trade. And the way other guys have been traded, uh, I could see them doing that because otherwise they're not going to get anything after this year. And they really don't know how much they're going to get from him to begin with. And he turned it around in front of us, Brent. That's I don't know point. if he turned yeah. it around in front of coaches and teammates. I, I just I know that there are people, there are guys in that locker room who thought he was a clown and clowned around too much and wasn't nearly as good as how he thought he was, as good as he thought he was, and wasn't nearly as good as being the number four draft draft pick in that seventeen draft and. And I'll tell you this, I think there were people on the coaching staff and in the front office who thought they were just as good running the ball without him down the stretch in the season finale there than with him. So, uh, you know, I just I think there's enough enough concern about this team and and 
what you've got in the locker room and cleaning it up that, that maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to to move forward with Leonard Fournette. Well, I think uh, you're right about this, too, the philosophical difference now, because they went with Leonard. It ran through Leonard for the last three years. It's not going to do that, I don't believe, in 2020. It's going to run through Gardner Minshew, and they're going to mix that up in terms of that philosophy. And because of that last game, uh, that's a good example of it, not just because of it. I think they're going to do that anyway. But that last game against Indianapolis with him out, I think, showcased what they could do if they're not running everything through Leonard Fournette on the offensive side. Hey, Mark, you got a couple minutes. Can you hang through like a two or three-minute yeah, yeah. break? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to ask you a little bit more and, and get to the college football side of things, too. What's going on with the Gators? And I'm actually going to even ask you a Florida State side of things, even though I know you're not over in Tallahassee uh, a lot. I think you have some good perspective on this because of your coverage of the Gators. That's so hang good. with us, Mark Long. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. We're talking a lot of football right now. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton of Austin Lane. Coos here on a Friday. Hope you guys are doing well and uh, being safe and spending time with the family and doing all the right things and getting work done from home uh, as well, heading into a weekend, which uh, I'm not really sure anything feels like a weekend anymore. Uh, I don't think anybody puts plans together, <laughs> no. you know, just other than what are we going to eat tonight? Pretty much. Oh, that's about it. the flow, Brent. Uh, we are uh, joined by Mark Long, hung, hung with us uh, through a break. Uh, talk a little Jags. And uh want to get into some Gators in a moment. But last question about the Jags, at least from me, Mark. Uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press. Gardner Mitchell, do you like this? I mean, do you like that they're going to roll with him in 2020? Uh, whether Foles was on the team or not, I think this is the way they were leaning. But do you like the move? I love it. I, I, you know, I don't know that if I'm Doug or Dave, you know, I'm necessarily ready to hitch my wagon this do or die one year in what seems like all or nothing, you know, year for these guys, you know, I'm not convinced, you know, that I'm ready to hitch my wagon to him, but I could, you know, I can, I can see it from a fan standpoint, you know, he was much better than Nick Foles for what we saw last year. He was the best rookie or at least among the one or two best rookies in the league at the, at the quarterback position last year. And, uh, you know, I, they've seen enough to think that he's going to take a, be- a big step, given all the reps in the off season. Well, if there is an off season, given all the reps, you know, in practice going into the season, whatnot. Uh, so I like it. I like it, and I like shipping Nick Foles to to you know basically solidify that thing. Is you know you don't have to go around making it a fake competition. It is what it is now, and you're going to roll with him and Josh Jobs. What I that's the part I don't like is that if something happens to Minshew, now you're rolling with. Josh Dobbs, who's never played in the game, you know, at at this level. So that part's a little on the scary side, but I get why they did it, and it makes a lot of sense. And they're just kind of banking on Garner Minshew being Garner Minshew and, and being healthy for a full year. Mark, you mentioned Joshua Dobbs, you know, and this is a quarterback who is essentially kind of unproven in the NFL. We, we threw on the name Cam Newton, obviously, as just kind of a rumor at Leonard Fournette having fun. We don't picture uh, Cam Newton coming to Jacksonville, but a guy like Andy Dalton, who I think the writing's on the wall for him being a backup quarterback in the future, would that make sense for the Jaguars to try to pursue, obviously having the ties to, to Gruden? Yeah, I think that one does. That one does make sense, especially if he's – coming in as as the backup, kind of almost like Blake Bortles did moving to the L.A. Rams, where you're coming in, you're, you're going to be the number two, you're going to get paid like being the number two, which isn't a bad payday nowadays. It's, mm-hmm. you know, five or six million dollars to be a backup quarterback if you've got some experience. So, 
you know, I think you can get away with Andy Dalton, especially because of his relationship with Jay Gruden. But, you know, if Andy Dalton's willing to take on that role, and it's sold as that role, what you can't do, in my opinion, is ever sell this thing as, well, we're going to let him compete. And I get it. I get you want to have competition at every position, and you want to say there's competition at every level, at every position, and every position is wide open. I don't think that's how you approach the quarterback position in the NFL. I think nine times out of ten, you're better off having a bona fide starter. This is our guy. We're committed to this guy. And a defined backup. Here's the number two guy who's getting the number two reps, and there is no quarterback competition. Uh, you know, that's how it works. That's how I feel like it works best. So if, if Dalton's on board with that, and that's how the Jags sell it, then I'm all for it. If not, then let's roll with Josh Dobbs. Mark along with us from the Associated Press here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Mark's like the uh, Isaiah Simmons uh, of journalism, <laughs> see? He's Ooh. versatile, man. He gets Ooh. all over the place. He's got the Jags. I told you, Daytona. Yeah. Tell them, yeah. Very few people know the Daytona side of things. Yeah. You know? Well, that, he not, I'm, sure, I'm sure he puts out content very fast, oh, right? Oh, certainly does. Very, very, very athletically. Yes. yes. Very well, too. <laughs> I like it. But he also covers the Florida Gators, and uh, he's actually located in Gainesville. Uh, what uh, a little college football here. We don't talk a ton uh, college football this time of year, but what uh, are they missing? Uh, what? How big of a deal is this absence, is the lack of a spring game, um, all of those kind of things? How much does that hurt the Florida Gators program and what I would say uh, some really good momentum, obviously, that Dan Mullen had built? Sure. I did. You know who it hurts? It hurts the 12 guys who they had signed, the 12 freshmen they had coming in early who were January enrollees, and we're going to get a, a good 15 practices, 12 to 15 decent practices, you know, where they're really going to get acclimated to the playbook and get a get a head start. But, you know, the reality is they're on the same boat as everybody else. Nobody got spring practice. So you really just wipe that out for everybody. The problem for Florida is a pretty good signing class. It was filled with offensive linemen, guys they actually thought could come in and take jobs and be starters right away as, as, as newcomers, which doesn't happen very often in the SEC where you got freshman big men step in and start. Uh, but Florida really thought uh, they had a chance here. So that, that part hurts. But what I think Florida, where Florida is going to have a huge advantage, especially over programs like Florida State with, with Norvell taking over there, is that you've got all the continuity in the world. You've got a returning quarterback. You've got a returning, uh, a couple of returning running backs. Uh, really four-fifths of your starting offensive line, even though you thought you were going to get some upgrades there. Your starting tight end, your, your, what was going to be your number one receiver is back or will be back with Trey Grimes. you got a, a good portion of the defense back. So, And then you got the entire coaching staff. I mean, yes, they had a few turnovers, but they're, they're keeping the offensive, you know, the offensive staff, Hevesy and Billy Gonzalez, still back. Defensive coordinator, still back. So when you've got that kind of continuity – and you're returning enough starters on both sides of the ball, I think you've got this. This actually helps you against some of these other programs like, say, Florida State or uh, Mississippi State or an Ole Miss. You know, imagine you're sitting there at Mississippi State and you've got uh, Mike Leach coming in, and he's going to take over, you know, take completely take over, revamp, put in a whole new offense, completely different than what you've run before. And, you know, now all of a sudden you've wiped out all of spring and, and you don't, you're not allowed to have any contact with these guys right now. So, you know, unless it's virtual contact. But uh, those programs are, are probably going to be 
uh, way, way, way behind a, a program like Florida. I think this actually will, will allow Florida to distance itself from a lot of these other programs in the in the conference and maybe even around the country. And that's good for Florida because, believe it or not, Brent, I don't know if you if you guys you guys said you don't do a lot of college football, but inside that building, they actually think they're this is their year to to win the East close the gap on Georgia, win the East, and actually make the uh, college football playoff. Wow. I, that is, it's incredible they have that expectation, but they should have that expectation three years in or a Absolutely. few years in. And also with Kyle Trask coming back, I think I still have my hard, a hard time wrapping my arms around Kyle Trask leading them there because he's not as dynamic as the guys that have led them to that kind of promised land in the past. But And his story, you know, he's just an underdog story. But I... It's not surprising they feel like that. They should. They finished top ten in the country last two years, and Mullins put together his best recruiting class, I believe it is, since he since he arrived yeah. on campus. So uh, it's a great dynamic what you just explained, and I really wanted to tie that into Florida State because how much is Mike Norvell, wow, behind the eight ball? How much should coaches like Norvell, like Leach, like Kiffin at Ole Miss, how much should they get like an extra honeymoon because of the <laughs> lack of time uh, that they have to install things, to put things in, especially if you're an offensive-minded coach like so many of those guys are? Uh, I think this really hampers that development. And not to say Florida State was going to be in the mix to be a top-10 team and go to the college football playoff. No, no, no. But it still is a, a building step. Well, you know, I, look at what I, Mullen did in year one. Uh, you know, I mean, Mullen turned that thing around. You watch it up close. Norvell's not going to be able to build that awesome. Well, and let's be honest, like, they haven't even established the culture yet, right? Like, I think that's where, <laughs> where Mullen shined was when Mullen got on campus in Florida. He didn't really have his guys necessarily, but he established the culture, and they were doing things Mullen's way. When we got guys like Norvell right now that are coming in to Florida State, I mean, no one even knows what the guy's all about yet, I feel like. So I think they're behind the eight ball for sure. Mark, do you agree? Not, not only, yeah, not only should it lower expectations, uh, it should wipe out expectations for those programs for year one. I mean, let, let, let's be honest, and especially especially those guys you talked about who are offensive gurus, Norvell, Leach, Kiffin, guys who are really going to come in and completely overhaul what those programs have been doing. Uh, it should absolutely wipe out. They're, they're probably arguably going to get their team together for the first time, maybe in July, but probably maybe in August. They're not going to have uh, much of an off season. They might get uh, an extended start with, with training camp. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'll get to go two a days. Uh, who knows what they're going to get, but it will, it's going to put them so far behind that every all the fans for any program that's got a new coach should just wipe out your expectations. Whatever you thought it was going to be or could be, I think you ought to just completely flush that down the toilet and go, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna point to 2021 and let this guy have a a real mulligan in uh, 2020. Mark, what does this do for recruiting as well, right? Because you got to think that like, there's no combines anymore, like there's no showcases. So, you know, guys that are really unsigned, like how are college teams now approaching the whole recruiting scene just because obviously they can't go meet with anybody or they can't probably even get in the office and talk about it? Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's absolutely huge. The only good thing is for these colleges is that, you know, the, the high school season, what these guys are doing on the field, on tape, you know, doesn't start until September. I mean, you know, August, September time frame. So you've got time. You hope, you can only hope right now that these guys will get on the field. But I'll tell you what, for all these, it's going to make for a crazy, crazy, crazy fall 
because everything that you're losing right now, you're going to have to cram in in the fall. And my guess is the NCAA is going to have to lax and loosen some of its uh, recruiting regulations and and whatnot to uh, to make up for it, to allow these coaches to really uh, make up all for all this lost time. And where that's going to benefit, that's going to benefit the big programs. It's going to benefit the, the teams with the, 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 the guys with the bigger support staff, the ones kind of sitting there waiting in the wings, working in the basement, watching film 24-7. They're still able to do that right now, you know, remotely. But the ones that have the bigger staff that are able to uh, really manpower, out-manpower everybody else, they're the ones who are going to be able to make up ground in the fall. Hope you didn't have like a grilled cheese sandwich to cook or something because I kept you on way longer than I told you I would. He's throwing the microwave. That's all good. <laughs> Mark Long from the Associated Press. All right, let's leave you with this. Uh, earlier in, in a commercial break, Austin said, can you imagine like if there is not the NFL this fall? Oh. And uh, he said he's already got his uh, strip club club DJ uh, resume <laughs> oh, yeah. in. Absolutely. Uh, so just in case. But. I Come mean, on down and tip candy cane. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Kirk Herbstreet said that he thinks they shouldn't have it or they won't have it. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I can't remember how it came out, but that's a big story today, and that got trending. College football, the NFL, Herbstreet's like, wait a minute, don't think it's it's a, a sure thing. Mm. I mean, I can't even get my, my mind there, Mark. Ugh, I, I, I mean, know. You're a little more negative than me at times. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is I've, I've actually been saying this now. It's funny. I heard I'm not crazy enough to go public, and I don't have his his uh, I don't have his following to where it becomes a big deal. But uh, I actually been saying this for a while now, for a few weeks, that I I'm worried about sports in 2020 all across the board. And it's and this is why. Brent, real quick, I'll try to sum it up. Uh, sports. I we all love sports. We, we it's hard to live without sports, but in the grand scheme of reality, sports are non-necessary, are unnecessary. Uh, big part of our lives, yes, but an unnecessary part of our lives. Pat Riley summed it up best decades ago when he said, "Sports is, you know, it's the uh, the toy department of human affairs." And so, I think the fact that sports were one of the first things to really get canceled, I think it'll be one of the last things to really come back. And it's all about liability. That's why these tournaments shut down left and right. And once one of them went, they all started to go. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to go. Uh, there's going to be people out there going, "You're going to get, you're going to get a relapse. You're going to get something." And you just, you, you don't want to be the guy who gets, you know, ten thousand people infected at, you know, because you're having uh, fall football and you're cramming a hundred thousand people into a packed stadium for four hours. And so I just wonder, I really wonder if there's going to be an abundance of caution coming back. Now, with that said, I do think auto racing will come back, and I do think golf will come back, and those two will be one of the first two to come back oh, come on, uh, because you can do them safely. But <laughs> I'm, on, worried about, I'm worried about I'm worried about football, that. man. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a wild. Not even more bummed. I think it's so hard to <laughs> comprehend that because we're not even in April, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Way. I mean, I can't even put my arms. We're trying to live day to day, and I can't put my arms around that. But I mean, Herbstreit said it today. You're saying it and thinking it, and I guess 
I can see. I mean, if you listen to the doctors, they they have not ruled out a, a relapse of this thing in, in the fall. It's and that's exactly they what they're all saying. They're all saying we're all going to get to a point where we, oh, we're comfortable, we're comfortable, we're all going to go back out in public, we're all going to start hanging out, and everybody's going to go back to work, and we're and then all of a sudden we're going to get a, a spike and a relapse. And and I'm telling you, these colleges are not going to be want they're not going to want to be on the uh, potential hook financially for something like that. Wild stuff. Mark Long from the Associated Press. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us for a good while. Anytime. And, uh, I mean, it'll be I like the only it. time you'll ever be compared to Isaiah Simmons is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and when, does, when does the story on the Gator walk-on hoop player come out? And it's, I'm working on it, trying to get it out uh, hopefully tomorrow, but it might be early next week. But it's almost done. All right. We'll Going back to that now. Be well. Uh, okay. Stay safe, and we'll get you on soon again. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I mean, what about what her, it leads me into what I wanted to talk about with Herb Street. And I mean, I just can't get there. Um, it, you know, you read about it, it's really interesting. Like when the Olympics, we're going to have Ryan Murphy on here in a little bit and, and the Olympics get canceled. And you're like, the enormity of the Olympics getting canceled is, I think, uh, Heck, my mom saw this somewhere and, and told me, so I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say she's right. She said, the Olympics has never been – never competed in the Olympics in an odd year. I think she told me. Huh. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I'm going, Mom, that's on you. I mean, I guess <laughs> if it's every – what? It's every – Well, it's usually every four years. Four years so, I mean, it's so. even – but I'm just saying it's never been pushed even for at wartime or anything yeah. like that. Now, this is also the first time it's ever been postponed under peacetime. Mm-hmm. So for wartime conditions, I think back in World War One and World War Two, I believe it was both, uh, the games were pushed back or postponed. And of course, I mean there have been countries that have boycotted, like the United States uh, and and Russia mm-hmm. as well, uh, eighty and eighty four. So I mean, we have had some big stories around the Olympics. It's not always been just smooth sailing, but when you put it in that kind of context and. You know, for me, it's an historic thing in the sense of if I go back and read a book and I read about the war and then I see that Ted Williams and players like that went to war and didn't play. It's like, wow, can you imagine that? Can you imagine like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper just leaving the sport of baseball for a few years and and then coming back and and not being there to as baseball was there? Uh you know, can you imagine the Olympics being postponed back in the day? Wow, that must, what a time. I mean, but we're at war. I mean, yeah, sports are so secondary. Well, we might be living in that, man. I mean, we might be living in a 2020, the year the sports world stopped. Like, it could happen. Like, I think it's it sounds almost egregious for Herb Street to say it. But is it really? Don't we have to ask ourselves that? Like, you, oh, it, I mean, yeah. is that really that egregious to think? I mean, our world has stopped right now. And we believe the earliest it will come back to any kind of normalcy will be in May. That would be, I mean, super early. That's, you're like really pie in the sky positive. Mm-hmm. We really believe there's a sense that you could get back to normalcy sometime in the midsummer. I'm talking maybe early July. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of been my feel. I don't even know if I'm right here, but I mean, that's my feel. And then there are the doctors that say, hey, we have to watch out for this coming back in the fall in September, October, and November. Who's going to be comfortable doing that? And I think Mark brought up a great point. And there's one thing. Listen, we're in a stage right now where everybody's in this thing together, uh, and and we're trying to help each other out. And there are really good deeds being done, and there are really cool stories. But at the end of the day, one of the big reasons so that this is trumping even dollars being earned is litigation. 
I mean, that that is very true. People are afraid mm-hmm. of being sued for possible death uh, and other things about getting people sick. I mean, that is front and center of this thing, even though it's not talked about as much. That is why a lot of people are making the decisions they have made, I think, or more people might be kind of saying, screw that. I'm keeping my business. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Uh, right now, there's nothing like the NFL is going business as usual, but they don't have to worry about anything like that. I mean, they're not going to be sued for a transaction being made. You know, yeah. uh, they're not allowing OTAs right now or anything like that. They don't have to worry about that stuff at the moment. So, yeah, I do think litigation is a big part of why some of this has been canceled, along with doing the right thing. And this is what people are advising to do. I, I don't want to say it's not the it's a, the only thing, but. I really don't believe, because I guess I'm a positive guy. Like, they're going to figure this stuff out. There's a lot of smart people. They're really working on a vaccine. Um, I, I guess just our world, I can't fathom it going on for this long, that long. But we're getting into, like, the 1920s, man. We're getting into the 1940s. We're, we're getting into wartime kind of stuff if we start thinking – we might already be there, by the way, with baseball and, and NBA and, and golf and all our sports stock. But we could really get there if they say, hey, college football, NFL, just doesn't make sense to do this. I mean, listen, I think we want to be optimistic and I understand that because people gravitate towards sports to take their mind off their daily lives. You know, people spend hard-earned money to go to sporting events because for two or three hours, it just takes their mind off everything, and they're in the moment. So sports are a big deal. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, let's be a realist here. Deaths, you know, like the, the, the total number of deaths rise every single day from this thing. More people are, are coming you know, forward and saying they have coronavirus, okay? And until there's a solution, until there's a vaccine, or until there's someone that says, you know what, you don't have to worry about this anymore, then sports will come back. But I'll be honest with you, right, man. Like, I mean, listen, and I watch the news and I go on social media and it's, you know, it's hard to, to find who exactly is in the right. But I'm just saying, I don't think there's really any indication of this being over anytime soon. So if we get into training camp, if we get into the preseason, and if this stuff is so going on, which it very well could be, I mean, yeah, then, then I guess Herb Street's got a point. You know, obviously, I'm trying to remain optimistic and stay positive, but with with the landscape of the way that things are right now, Brent, I mean, it's it's crazy to think because I think once March Madness got taken away from us, like that was the eye-opening thing, right? And I don't think it's really even dawned on us yet um, a life without football. No, I don't you think know, we, like I think we would severely be in denial until like September. Oh, of without that. a doubt, I mean, man, without a doubt. So. It's just one of those things where you have to hope for the best, but at the same time, you have to be in the now. Yeah, and, and I will say this. See, I've always hated what Mark kind of said uh, about uh, Pat Riley. I've always hated when people refer to, uh, and this is more of a local sports TV guy comment, oh, sure. hate when people refer to sports as the toy department. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I get what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I re- because, well, what happened in our industry in TV is people started thinking that's, that's what it was. It wasn't. You know, you're not working, you're not joy, you're just having fun back there. All that's, you know, I think people got into that mode. It was kind of labeled that way. Mm-hmm. So I always took offense to that, uh, in, in local TV. But I'll also say this. You're right. It's, it's a reprieve. It, it is not the utmost important thing. We understand that. 
But I think we have learned, and I think right now people are losing millions and millions and millions and gazillions of dollars across all different economic uh, platforms and, and businesses and, and, and things. But the sports industry is a huge economic driver. I mean, it really is. So uh, from an economy getting back to going, uh, mm-hmm. this this wouldn't just hurt sports fans. This hurts the economy. This hurts. Like, but, this is yeah, not no. just a toy of, of hey, we need – you know, something to watch. This is an economic driver. Like, don't miss that part of it. I mean, sports is a huge economic driver in our country, in the world, in, in so many different ways. But spoiler alert, though, man. I mean, the economy is not doing so well right now because not just sports, but because of everything. Oh, no, absolutely. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, yeah, I understand that. But let's be honest. If if this thing is still as bad as it is right now, I mean, yeah, sports are, are going to suffer and the, the economy that sports brings is going to suffer, but the entire economy in general is going to suffer. Well, absolutely. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If we're still in this kind of mode eight months from now, I mean, the economy, I think I saw, I remember I told you, you know, or you could watch that 60 Minutes thing. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, if, we're, if you're in this for a few months, we'll be okay, mm-hmm. uh, even from an economic standpoint. Yeah. If we're in this for a year, whoa. Yeah. And so that's more on the year terms. If you're willing to say we can't well, play football and all those things, that that's looking ahead to early 2021. So it's kind of like, it feels very doomsday-ish mm-hmm. to think that way right now. Yeah. It's a scary proposition. Yeah. It really is, um, and just shows you, I guess, the great lengths this could end up being mm-hmm. here in 2020, the lost year of 2020. I haven't watched this, the whole thing that you. Well, it was on 60 Minutes, right? It was, you said? Yeah, last yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched it yet, just because me and 60 Minutes don't have a good relationship as a kid. You know, like I'd be at my grandma's house. We didn't, we didn't have cable; it was just the regular standard channels. And all of a sudden, when that stupid clock went off, because yeah. it was time for 60 minutes, you had to go to bed. I, I was triggered. Yeah, and it's just it, it, it's, it's it's a big trigger thing for me. So I don't watch 60 Minutes. I'm sure it's great television. Sure, they have great interviews on there, but I cannot watch 60 Minutes because that stupid clock. It just it, it signals something. It's to me. most of the maybe one of the most well known shows of all time, and still very highly rated on CBS 47 uh, oh, on no, Sunday nights. Hey, Can I, you get I me a stopwatch, man. please? Because I just want to see how this triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. How about no though? How about no though? It's, not, it's, it's the only show that ever that has a clock instead of like a theme song, right? Wasn't that like a, I think so, yeah. a, a fun yeah. fact? Yeah. I think it is. Uh, hey, uh, one programming note by the way: uh, this weekend on Sunday on Fox, uh, the NASCAR, the iNASC, iRacing is coming back. Yep. And also uh, Patriot Super Bowl uh, against the Falcons is going to be oh. played. So on Sunday afternoon on Fox 30, yeah. I wanted to pass it along. So well, Fox is putting some programming on. Obviously, make you got to fill you your program. to Marcel Robinson oh, no, as well. He knows. Oh, I'm uh, sure he, he does. Knows. He's afraid TVs are going to go out all over the place as they begin the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, uh, oh, which nice. I believe, by the way, he won another Super Bowl after, but I believe that made Brady the GOAT. I believe that Super Bowl in that fashion, oh. and that was number five. Yeah. Made him the goat. It was the it, it was the improbable. Like yeah, I agree. That with That was the exclamation point. He didn't have to win another one. Mm-hmm. He did. But he didn't have to win another one. He was already the goat, uh, in my opinion. Should All we right. start doing that eye racing? Me and you. Should we get like? I mean, it's got to be a tax write off if we were to get that. <laughs> Do we get yeah, that? Everything's a tax right off right now. In sports, you better believe it, man. Yeah, I just want to play a, a different video game because we can stream that like tomorrow. I'm not playing Animal Crossing. Nice try. Um, no, right. I, I said we do eye racing. Uh, well, we could try it. Okay. I, I Instead of Madden. Into, you know what I actually looked into today? I said I was showing Kaylee. Uh, 
You know the old Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man? Yeah. Like, you know, you can buy the arcade thing at home now. Like the big dog? The big ones. Okay, nice. I've always had like that. I've always wanted to. Okay. See, where I played as a kid, I played on, you know, that cocktail table one? Yeah. Which, so yeah. At, at this place it's that all we greasy it. and everything. Yeah, but oh. it's like you sit down and play. Yeah. We Not the stand-up one. We sat on a Pizza Hut, man, back in Wapaka, Wisconsin. There, there you go. They were one. a Pittsburgh, yeah. Pizza Hut. Yeah, right. man. That's yeah, right. Maybe that's where I was playing it. There you go. But I like that one. I don't know. I just don't know which one's better because that's like real Pac-Man. But the other stand-up machine is Miss Pac-Man. No, What's better? no, correction, the Santa machine is Pac-Man as well. Oh, they have a Pac-Man oh, Santa course, machine too? Of course, yeah. You know which cool. one I would want? Well, what's better, Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man? It's the same pa- thing. It's there the same. It's, it's is, the same. is it the same? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I used to be really good at, at one of them, whatever it was. I just haven't played in so long, I can't remember which. Well, you're good at the one that, on the table? Yeah. I think that was Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're pretty, yeah. I'd want uh, that, or I'd want the Simpsons arcade game. Do you remember that of one? Of course, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. B- B- Bart, Bart had the skateboard. Marge had the vacuum cleaner. Homer had a bowling ball. And what did? Who was the other one? Uh, oh, Maggie. Maggie had the saxophone, right? Yep. Or was, what was her weapon? Saxophone. Saxophone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was too old by that time. Played that at the bowling yeah. alley every well, weekend. If we played Atari in college, man, so what are you talking about right now? You know dude? what I had? The first system I had. Atari. No, you've never heard of this. Atari two. What? Odyssey. Odyssey. Google, Go look it up. Googling it right oh now. And by the way, there was a neighbor of mine. I think it was called ColecoVision. I remember. <laughs> yeah. They had ColecoVision. Yeah. It was like this long. I remember it was like way more boxy, you know, everything that was in, involved yeah. with it. But I had Odyssey and it was like terrible, but I played it all the time, man. Oh, so it's basically like an Atari. That's what it looks like. Well, it was it was worse than Atari. Oh, it was wow, like poor man. man's Atari. I'm seeing some of like the, the images from some of the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Yeah, the baseball game. I remember playing baseball on, on the old Odyssey. Okay. Rough, <laughs> remember Odyssey. backyard baseball? Yeah, but that's like, you know. Newer. Yeah, it's newer. Yeah, <laughs> that was a computer game. Backyard well, baseball, listen, man. When you guys say remember Pete when, Mueller, that was like 15 Pablo years ago. Sanchez. Come on, man. Hey, let's get Ryan Murphy on next. Uh, three-time gold medalist. Uh, have to wait another year for the Olympics. Ryan Murphy joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right after this. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane sporting the uh, USA Dream Team. You had this plan ready to roll for our next guest. Boy, did I. Three-time gold medalist in the 2016 games. Friend of the program, big Jags fan. Jacksonville's own Ryan Murphy out west uh, training for the Olympics and then boom no Olympic Games in 2020 in Tokyo what's happening man thanks for taking a few minutes with us yeah how are you guys doing thanks for having me yeah I hope everybody's well out there is it is it uh, as strange out there as it is here uh I got to imagine yeah I've, I've been getting updates from from my parents out there and, and they said it's it's kind of a ghost town and it's it's pretty similar out here it's, it's cool to see that that everyone's really following the guidelines that, that have been set out for us. And, and so hopefully, I mean, hopefully we, we do our part to, to flatten the curve. Absolutely. Ryan Murphy with us here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, well, what uh, do you make of the Olympic Games being pushed back? This is so strange, right? Uh, you know, we thought March Madness was really weird when all the things were getting canceled. It's like, my goodness, we're not going to do a bracket this year. Well, the Olympic Games hits a different level when uh, they get postponed to 2021. I think so many folks, and I think you issued a statement this week saying you think it's the right move and you support it. But it's still kind of mind-boggling that there's not going to be an Olympic Games in Tokyo here this summer, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, it's totally unprecedented times that that we're in, and then I've I've totally had like the 
the full gamut of emotions with this. Like I, I think more now than ever, I, I've really felt like a like a split personality. Like I, I've got Ryan Murphy the human being and, and Ryan Murphy the competitor. Ryan Murphy the human being is like this is 100% the the right call. This had to be done. We we've got to be examples for the community and, and really do our part to to support the medical community and and make sure we're not overloading them. On the competitor side, you know, like I. We, we started this season. The season was, was going really, really well. And, and so the competitor side of me wanted to finish the job. And, and, and the only thing that happens is now that job is pushed to, to 2021. So, so now it's, it's really just take a reset and, and start to get back on that path after, after a week or two off. Ryan, you said uh, the, you know the term reset. I mean, you're a finely tuned athletic machine, and obviously you stick to a pretty uh, strict training schedule. I mean, from this standpoint now, obviously I'm sure you're you're kind of tuned into peak when you get to Tokyo and everything. Well, that's canceled now. I mean, do you build off of what you were training with, you know, prior to the Olympic Games supposedly happening, or do you kind of start from scratch and you're kind of at your base level again now? Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there's a couple parts to it, like. I, I'm fortunate in the fact that I, I was going to keep on swimming anyway after after this Olympics and and going through it going through the Olympic year at age 25 is not really much different than going through it at age 24. So so from that perspective, like I, I I'm fortunate. I don't I don't feel like I'm going to have any sort of fall off in terms of my athletic ability. If if anything, I, I think it, it could be a positive for me. I, I got a, I learned a ton this year and, and we were we were really good this year, but we weren't perfect. And so we, we could take some of these lessons that we learned and put them into our, our season plan for next year. And I, I think it's going to end up being really good. Ryan Murphy with us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, hails from the Bowl School family right here in Jacksonville. Cal Berkeley, he swam his college days. And, of course, uh, the 2016 Olympics in Rio, three-time gold medalist. It was an incredible Olympics uh, for Ryan Murphy. And uh, you add the likes of Caleb Dressel and other fantastic swimmers from our area. It's really the undertold story how good we have it here in in northeast florida how good our swimmers are on the international level and ryan's just another example of that you kind of answered it uh, that you said hey your body could probably adjust to it it's fine but i'm sure some bodies cannot uh, are there going to be some pretty sad stories out of this olympic games being postponed where where some athletes were planning on this being it and and trying to get in peak shape and peak form and that extra year maybe could cost them maybe it's injuries maybe it's other things i i can't imagine it's going to be good for everybody yeah yeah 100 percent. and that's why that's why i say i'm fortunate in, in this because because there are there's a lot of there's a lot of people potentially put into retirement from from something like this and uh and that's really tough. Those are really tough stories to hear. To hear, but I think at the end of the day, like like I draw a lot of perspective from my family. And my my sister, someone who's a doctor of physical therapy, she works at a hospital in Chicago. She's working on the telehealth side, but she has a lot of coworkers that are screening people for coronavirus. And so like when she's telling me that sort of story, it, it really it really puts into perspective what what we're dealing with here. And and we've. We we have to do this. We we have to support the the medical community and and our community at large. 
Really good perspective there. Can you give us an idea of where you were? Like, what were you going to do at, at, in terms of the Olympics? Had, had everything already been set in terms of qualifications? Where were you guys in the calendar of swimming? I mean, we're still a few months away, obviously, from that. So uh, were you guaranteed to, to do certain events? Um, did you still have to qualify? Give us a little update on that from a layman's terms uh, perspective for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So we were really in the heart of our of our training season. Uh, the actual qualification for the Olympic Games is uh, or, or was at the end of June, and if you were top two there in your event, you you, you had like a week at home, and then you're going to be off to the Olympics. So it was uh, the USA Swimming schedules everything pretty close to the Olympics, and so it's really kind of a whirlwind. Um, so, so that's where we were at. Nothing was guaranteed, but I was definitely like I, I definitely felt really good. Uh, I feel like I was on the right path and and definitely heading in in the right direction to have a really good olympic trial and olympic performance what's your day like now in terms of training i mean that doesn't stop and you find a place to be able to do that uh, whether it's uh in the pool or out of the pool uh i think austin kind of said do you scale back a little bit but um where are you at on that how much you swim in a day yeah so so honestly now i mean that the the olympic decision was was kind of the end of my season that that was that was closure on on that season and so now i've got a week or two off. So, so I'm kind of just honestly chilling, like chilling more than, than I, than I ever do. So, so it's, it's nice. Like I get to totally relax. Um, I, I've been on the phone a bunch with, with friends, uh, people on the national team, family. And so this is a, this is a cool time. Like it, there's, I, I feel a really strong sense of community. Uh, everyone's, everyone's making a sacrifice in, in some sort of way. And, I mean, it's cool to hear how how everyone's dealing with it. So it is. It's a really relaxing time for me, and I, I feel like I'm I'm learning a ton about myself and, and others in this time. How good, uh, you know, we always talk about how good you guys are. You know, Dressel and yourself and and others who have come before uh, from this area. But right now, how good is is U.S. swimming? Uh, is, is it? It, as great as it felt in 16. I mean, you have super talent coming up, names we haven't heard about. Uh, what does the landscape of U.S. swimming look like? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool time for in, for USA swimming because there was definitely a changing of the guard after 2016. I mean, in 2016 you still had the Michael Phelps, you, Ryan Lochte, um, Colin Jones. You know, you, you had the the people that have been on the team since 2008, and after 2016 that was that was a real changing of the guard, and and I feel lucky that that I was able to have a couple years with, with guys like Phelps uh, and and be on a couple teams with Lochte. But now it's younger, you know, like we've got our core group is really guys that are just specifically to the men's side. It's guys that are really ages 23 to 25. And and that's cool. We're, we're all similar age. We all know each other super well, super good friends. So it, it's cool. We're, we're in a really good spot. And and this is really, I feel like, the the prime of our career. Uh, so it, it's definitely it's definitely a cool time for, for USA Swimming. Ryan, in terms of your training, you said you take a little time off now, obviously, but when you get back in the groove of things and, you know, we don't know what's going to be happening the next couple of weeks with everything going on with the coronavirus, I mean, do you have all the tools to kind of train on your by yourself or do you, will you stay like the Olympic Training Center? Like, how is that going to go? Yeah, I mean, I mean, figuring out water time is going to be definitely a challenge. Um, but, but in terms of stuff outside of the water, like that's 
that's not super challenging for us to, to find. So. Well, Ryan, and let's not sell yourself short here, man. I mean, you have gold medals. Just wear a gold medal around your neck <laughs> and walk into any local YMCA and say, hey, I have to use the pool. Pool's open and, today. And, and they should abide by your, by your request. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'll take your advice. We'll, we'll see if it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm prepped. I'm, I'm prepped. Like the other day, I was – before this Olympic decision came down, we were – we didn't have a gym to work out in. And so like I was, I was literally doing pull-ups on a tree and, and like I was, I was doing, pushing my car around, like put the car in neutral and pushing my car around. To, Rocky to four it. style. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. Like you, this is a, this is an interesting time. You can get really creative with what you're doing. Um, and you know, work your muscles in a little bit of a different way. Get, get yourself out of the monotony of, you know, just lifting, lifting stuff up and down. You, you could, you could get creative you use nature and and maybe i mean maybe probably a lot of people are going to be getting a lot more aerobically fit in this time because you could still out go, go outside you could still run around so uh i mean that that might be something that i pick up as well yeah i can't believe how many people are out in the neighborhood walking and running it's just absolutely i've met more i've met neighbors like i didn't even know they existed every time my wife's walking with me said hey steph hey steph who's that guy with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's never happened before so uh meeting a lot of new people which is uh very nice uh, down in our area all right i feel like phelps made like eating you know, kind of a thing with swimmers, mm-hmm. you know, it was a while ago now, right? Because everybody was counting like his calories and he, he shared that story. And we might have asked you this like in the fall, but I, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you it again anyway, because, uh, well, Austin lost a bet to me recently and <laughs> it, Tom Brady left the Patriots. So he has to now drink this shake and we might even do it next week. And it was a shake that a guy ate at the combine uh, to get ready and put on a ton of weight. Oh, I think I read about that. Yeah, that you was, see, like, the grits and... Like, eight eggs or something. Scrambled, yeah, right? well, scrambled eggs, though, yeah, right? It wasn't even scrambled raw. Scrambled eggs, yeah. grits, Gatorade, Gatorade, peanut butter, Sugar and he put it in a blender. Oh, man. So, what... I mean, how... Is the Phelps stuff, like, real deal? Like, are, do you do that, too? Do you eat, like, a million eggs a day and, like, like 20,000 calories a day? Or I know I'm exaggerating, but what do you uh, eat? I Honestly, I mean... I don't want to tell you what my diet has been the past couple of days. Now that I'm, uh, that's now that I'm on kind of like my my off season, I've been tanking like 20 cookies a day. But uh, <laughs> normally, normally uh, I'm pretty strict, you know. Like so, I'm I'm looking to get in. I mean, probably like 4,000 calories a day, um, and just kind of spreading that out throughout the day. So so nothing nothing too crazy like. Swimmers, we got to stay relatively lean, um, and so like that's that's a challenge for me. Like my my dad was a football player. Like he he was offensive line. He played both ways, so he was offensive line, defensive line, um, and so like that. Those are kind of the genetics I'm working with, and, and so it's it's definitely a challenge for me to to keep the weight off. Ryan, give me three exercises that can maximize your swimming potential. Ooh, maximize swimming potential. Okay, so I would say, I mean, swimmers have huge shoulders, so yes. I would say like shoulder press. Okay, would be one. Um, abs. So like, I would say something like, uh, do you know what a hollow hold is? I do. Yeah, G- gymnasts do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I would say hollow you're hold. Have to for explain that, that one. Wait, maybe you know it, Austin. You're, you're like fight I'll MMA, and you're and you're doing I can like do it right stuff. now. I'll do it right now for you. All right, it's on the video stream, so you can do this hollow hold. Okay, yeah, so it, almost like it, a, a quarter it, V okay, up. I, Ooh, I, yeah, guess, I guess for the last one. That's all I got. Ooh, for the last one, I guess it would be, 
I mean, why not say like squat jumps? That, that I feel like that's a pretty like all-purpose leg Ooh, exercise. Explosiveness. Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident right now, but I could be a swimmer. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I can't really swim, so yeah, yeah no, that's can't. also a problem. All right, hey, we're going to leave you with this, and I appreciate you jumping on. Ryan Murphy uh, from the Bowl School, Jacksonville guy, uh, Cal Berkeley, and training out west and, and kind enough to join us uh, and talk a little bit about the Olympic Games being postponed to 2021. And We, we hope he has a, a fantastic games in, in a year and a half from now and everything goes well. Uh, but you're a big Jags fan. I know you, you got to show those gold medals uh, last fall and, and bring them to Jacksonville. I think it was last fall. My, my calendar yeah. might be off, but uh, – uh, what do you think about Minshew, man? Uh, Foles being traded, some of the moves being made, and, and pretty much the, the organization saying, hey, we're riding with Minshew in 2020. You like it? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I do. I, I feel like it would, the, the Foles move was always a little bit interesting for me because I felt like we were – I felt like the rest of the team was kind of in a rebuild, especially when we traded Ramsey. I was like, I was like, what like what are we doing? And and with all the other moves they made before that this, this offseason, like – I feel like it had to be done. Like we were, we were definitely trending younger and younger, and uh, it, it's time to it's time to commit to that. And it, if it blows up, like I, I'm I'm optimistic. I think Minshew's good, especially like given our personnel. If it blows up, then we're then we're in the running for Trevor Lawrence, and, and like that's that's definitely not a bad thing. That's a pretty good consolation prize. Uh, hey, love talking football, swimming, and everything else. Glad you're doing well out there, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, hope you enjoy the weekend and give uh, give uh, our best to the family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, thank you guys for having me again. You bet. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Ryan Murphy from the Bowl School, three-time gold medalist mm. uh, from right here in Jacksonville. I can't, man. I I I say these things out loud. Listen, I'm a guy from Rhode Island. Yeah, we have gold medal. Heck, we have a. We have a guy that goes plays like power five football or basketball. We throw parades. Shut the whole town down. <laughs> I mean, Celebrate. Well, that's why Rocco Baldelli is a big deal, man. He's a yeah. top five pick in the Major League Baseball yeah, draft. I hear you. I, I'm not saying Rhode Island hasn't had any good athletes, but well, come on. Yeah, it's it's yeah, not happening you know, a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's me. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's it's amazing to me that we, you know, we, we love football around here. Absolutely love it. And I just don't think, and again, I feel I'm guilty party we don't celebrate these guys enough I mean, caleb dressel ryan murphy I, those guys what they're doing around the world and best swimming. in the world best in the world best with, in the world guys, between the two of them they have five gold medals in rio five gold medals in brazil in 2016 and world records they hold world records i know it's, it's and why it's, is he so humble and <laughs> cool to talk to why isn't he just arrogant he's, he's only 24 years old dude when i was 24 years old Oh man, it's pretty cool though. I, I it's love a testament that. to his family and just his upbringing, man. Because that guy's got his head on his shoulders. I say that too, and I say, uh, you know, uh, Dressel's from Clay area, Green Coast Springs. But I say that that's what I always say about baseball guys here. Not that they're humble, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I say about baseball, like we don't celebrate enough how good this area is in baseball. Mm-hmm. And when I say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, we just had three time gold medals, uh, Ryan Murphy on. It's like, yeah. That's not like a sidebar, man. That's yeah. like, <laughs> that's pretty good. And he's from Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, so cool stuff. Uh, we appreciate uh, him uh, joining us and, and talking about the Olympic Games. I like his attitude about it, though. Right? No, I mean, he's got a positive it's, attitude. It's like I said, man. He's, he's a great kid. I know I call him a kid. He's 24 years old, but he's, he's a great dude. And obviously, if you have a gold medal at your disposal or three of them, uh, you're doing something right. I didn't ask him because I didn't want to put him on the spot. I have no idea how some of the swimmers and, and everything feel about Ryan Lochte after Lochte's last oh. handful of years. Yeah. But what's interesting about this, I read something recently. I think it was a headline somewhere 
that Lochte may reconsider getting back in the games now because it's 2021 instead of 2020. I think I read that right. Well, so then this TV show wasn't doing so well either. <laughs> so so he could maybe get back in the pool. You know, I yeah. mean, so that's an interesting angle to the games being pushed back a year. Uh, we think about the careers that it might cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it salvage? Yeah. You know, kind of a comeback uh, for a guy like Lochte be pretty interesting to watch uh, in the pool uh, for the next year and a half leading up to now the 2021 Tokyo Games. When we get back, we have more football talk, plus 10 questions in five minutes. It's all on the way on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. An hour to go in the week. And I say that not counting down, just an update on the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's like oh, only one hour to go. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, no, I don't say it like that again. I mean, this is uh, uh, fun having Ryan Murphy on there and, and very topical, of course, with the Olympic Games. Uh, good to have Mark Long on earlier. Now we had PJ Carlissimo earlier in the week and John Shambi. It is a nice time to get some guests. And, and to be honest with you, we really haven't uh, been digging too much for guests. I think we'll have more of them. I really want to get some of the high school uh, folks on like in in baseball and softball and mm-hmm. and you know athletic directors and how they're impacted right now though that one of the big issues i don't know if they know how they're impacted completely that's one of the big issues we all have uh but meanwhile like in colleges and we'll get some of the, that angle too they know how they're impacted uh so i was talking to a high school uh assistant coach the other day in football you know they would have spring practice coming up soon and they are you know zoom did you, by the way you're a stock guy sometimes you buy a stock oh, yeah. in zoom no, I haven't bought stock in Zoom. I don't, I don't been know what a good Zoom idea is. about a Zoom? month ago. What, I don't know what Zoom is. I don't is. even know. If, How do you can, not know what Zoom is right now? You don't know what Zoom is? No. You do really live in a bubble. I get, yeah, I do. Well, I still have social media. Wow, what's, what's Zoom? What's going on? So Zoom is the uh, – did you see the Peyton Manning thing on Twitter? No. Where he, he uh, barged into a class? Mm-mm. So basically all the – it's basically for uh, – mostly for education, but a lot of the business folks are using it for meetings. It's, oh. it's like Skype. Okay. But you can group you, uh, big groups. Like you can put, I don't know how many people. It's probably endless, but gotcha. uh, say 15 people on a screen. Okay. And so you can talk to your classroom or yeah. if there's a big sales meeting here at the radio station, they probably get together on this. And I don't know why Zoom is, is better than FaceTime or Skype are- or whatever else. I mean, because I feel like there's been a lot of these kind of, you know, apps and, mm-hmm. and things like this in the past. And maybe Zoom's been out for a long time and I just don't know it, but it's certainly become very popular. They've in the been last out. Couple weeks. Our, our coworkers are doing a happy hour right now. Without us. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that happy hour thing you're talking about? I'm, I'm They're confused. on Zoom. They did a Zoom but call. What are they doing? They're what, hanging what do out. They're having a happy hour. They're just hanging out and talking. I mean, who else are they going to talk to? They can't well, go out, out. Do they have families? What's going on here? I mean, well, they're probably all sick of their families. Nine, nine to five. You got to finish oh, the day. Oh, so the, the, they do work. Well, who said happy? I'm, I'm thinking like everyone's just kind of casual, laid they do back. Work. Yeah, I mean, you see what I'm wearing right now, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm super happy. I think hour. they do work. I'm super happy hour right now. <laughs> How many people right now are doing work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, looking good for the tax people. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, like it's the Zoom. school day. See, here's what parents are finding out about school days. And we've kind of found us out because we're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hours in the school day. Who are you telling, of, man? Like empty time. I've, I've like found respect for teachers. Day done. Yeah. Like a lot faster than if you go to school. Yeah. You well, know what they, I, mean? I mean, thankfully, I have a five-year-old, so I don't have to worry about that quite yet because he starts kindergarten. Well, we'll see. It's supposed to be in August. But so for me, it's mostly about what we got to keep the guy entertained. 
right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. nap time only lasts for so long, right? <laughs> so we're, we're going on a lot of monster uh, hunts right now, Brent. Are you really? Yeah, dude. We like, had, what's a monster so hunt? So check this out, man. We had, we had a huge monster hunt yesterday. So Cody had a test. So so me and Ronan go outside uh, for a monster hunt. And, like, you would think he's getting ready for, like, deployment. Like, he's got his backpack. He's got the Nerf guns in the back. Like, we're, we're taking this serious. <laughs> so we ended up, uh, we tracked some tracks. Found a monster that looked like he came out of the tunnel, like like the sewer tunnel or whatever, and then somehow climbed <laughs> up on top of an apartment complex, and now we think he's like in like the chimney. So that's what's going on right now what? in terms of a monster hunt. Was it one of the sewer trolls? It could have been a sewer troll. We're not confident. Uh, the thing's got like three heads. He's got ten legs, from what I've been told from Ronan. He's, he's the expert. I'm more just hanging out, going with the flow. So, yeah, so we're waiting to see what happens next. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow. And here's the messed up thing about it. So, obviously... And you know what? This made me appreciate not giving my kids cell phones or iPads or whatever when they're too young because the kids' imagination's off the charts, right? And I think once you put a, a phone in your kid's hand or, you know, a piece of, uh, like Apple equipment, uh, if you will, um, that can kind of kill their imagination a little bit. So, like, literally, I'm outside and I'm trying to track this monster that's up in the chimney of an apartment complex. And I don't, you know, we, we don't see it, but he's there. But then, like, to show you where my son's at, so we're talking about that. Then I'm like, all right, buddy, did you bring some extra ammunition in case he comes out? You know, we'll have to, we'll have to fend him off. He's like, oh, Dad, I don't use ammunition. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, this isn't a real gun. This is imaginary. I'm like, yeah, I hey, I understand that. We're also trying to hunt a monster that's in the chimney that came out of the sewer. So you don't get to pick and choose like what I feel like an adventure is with not using ammo. Ammo's ridiculous to hunting monsters in chimneys. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna play my way and my son can play his way. Are we all in on this yeah. thing or not? Yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, yeah. It's, it's real ammo, baby. One foot in the foxhole right now, man. Get in or get out. But make up your mind, Ronan. So, yeah, it's been crazy. Dude. So, if I got this right, the monsters are real, the ammo is not. The, yeah, the ammunition's not real, man. Okay. By the way, yeah, speaking of when you started talking about the monster hunt, yeah. uh, is the guy still on the ladder out there? Oh, the guy's still on the ladder, man. <laughs> the guy's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. He's like, he could be a monster. He, that guy's, hey, who you telling, man? Remember the first week I was working here and I saw that guy? Have we ever established what he's doing out there, by the way? I, I thought they told us. Didn't they tell us, Coos? Didn't Nick tell us what that was? I'm sure he did. All I know is it, t- it scares me every day when I'm leaving here at like 11 at night and it's dark and you get it's the only spot back there that's like lit up a little bit. So you just kind of see a figure. Yeah, I, I wonder will, how many people who have worked here and got out of the like at, when it was dark and called the, the police because a guy was on yeah. the ladder. Well, and for those <laughs> you know for those newer uh, viewers and you know people are listening in, um, if you don't know the story, so the building across from us there is a mannequin wearing a full-fledged suit um, on top of a ladder propped up against the building. So it looks like a legit person rocking a suit, and I don't know why it's there, and I don't think you guys know either. And I'm looking on the video feeds. Like, on the video feed, you can see, like, there's a window that Mm -hmm. Austin is, like, next to. Yeah. And you can't see anything because it's just blown-out window uh, because of the the light and sun. But um, it is, like, really right through the window. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of hard to see. Uh, We'd have to, like, zoom into it. Yeah. We've we've shared a picture before, but it's just, like... Yeah. We don't get it. Uh, we don't understand, but the guy has never moved. Never. He's He's been Dude, here for every I'll show. I'll tell you what, man. Like <laughs> with, with all these news trucks I see here, we got a bunch of like sheds and stuff. This, this is prime monster hunting territory. So I actually might bring my son over here on Saturday or Sunday. We'll do a little monster hunting over here. Uh, monster hunt uh, is oh, such a good time, full man. effect. I love it. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things. ESPN, I think, I, I think they're doing an E60 episode on Rex Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. 
how have you seen the story? Of course. Shaft, uh, you know, yeah. you know the dude, story, though, dude right? Dude, all out. Yeah. He I was mean, not in a good place. Not in a good place. Yeah. Uh, I think, was it opioids? I think I it was. So. I think it was, I think it was pain, like, yeah, I think it was pills, yeah, yeah, part, yeah. Yeah. But uh, he has become this, like, Twitter craze. He's 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 won Twitter, basically. He has won Twitter. He's won it. It's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see the story. I don't even know if it's already out or if they've just teased the story. I don't know if they, they, they've mm-hmm. let it publish yet. But uh, and check that out this weekend. He see, he just seems like a cool guy. You know, everything that he's gone. And by the way, if you don't remember Rex Chapman from the college hoop days, Rex Chapman was unbelievable. I don't know what he did in the NBA. I mean, do I did he play in the NBA? I feel like he played for the Charlotte Hornets. See, I'll be honest. I don't really remember much of Rex Chapman, the basketball player, to tell you the truth. It might have been a little before well, you, my you, time. Well, it would have been before your yeah, time. Yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. Um, i got to find that out. I, I don't think he did played much. Played for in, the Hornets, yeah, see that? the Bullets, Washington Bullets. Did he do anything with the Hornets? He was. You know what? Remember when they had the, like, the pinstripe, uh, like purple and white? Of course. Have you ever seen those unis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those aren't new, right? Those are like way back in the day. Uh, he averaged... 16.9 points per game in his first season for the Hornets. Okay, so he was a That's, big... Okay. He'd be a $100 million man right now if he's putting those numbers up in the NBA. Well, how many guys scores? This day and age, everybody scores yeah, 16 in the you're, NBA. You're, that's, uh, that's a max deal right there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he was a good player. I don't think he had a long court. Do you, what, what else did he do in the NBA? Yeah, he was on the Hornets, he was on the Bullets, the Miami Heat, and the Phoenix Suns. So how um, long was his career? It looks like... Hold on. Uh, they don't have it really spelled out. He's a great shooter in college. Oh, here you go. 88. Oh, wait. Well, he played 88 to 2000. I don't know if that's like high school, college, and NBA. I'll just look it up real quick here. Have you used Wikipedia before, uh, That's what I'm on. It just shows it right here. He played 13 seasons in the NBA. He played that long in the NBA. 13 seasons. My gosh. Four in Phoenix, four with Charlotte, four with Washington, and one in Miami. He didn't. Did he make it All Star games or anything like that? No. NBA I really All Star like rookie no. second team. So he was kind of like uh, who would you equate him to now? He was a good shooter. T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's immediately drinks. That's immediately where my mind went. <laughs> but I I do think he was like he felt like to me that aside from the year that he had sixteen yeah. a game maybe he felt to. I think J.J. Redick is really good at, at what he does. Like, maybe a poor man's J.J. Redick? Kuz, who's the uh, – he's the foreign dude. I think he was on the, the Jazz or the Joe Ingles? Yeah, nailed it. Australian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's Australian? He's Australian. No Do you think Joe Ingles like, good shooter, kind of a – Role like player, an eighth, but eighth player on the yeah. team, ninth player. Well, I think Ingles is probably a little. Ingles higher. is a yeah. starter, he's a starter, but and it's he's not. like he's ha- he, but like the problem with Ingles is like he'll go off. Like he'll have games where it's just like whoa, like he'll be the main yeah. reason they win. I really remember Chapman from the Hornet days. I do remember now that we were starting to talk about. It, I was like, oh yeah, I remember him that you you know, and I, I almost remember, again those were like my card collecting days. That's yeah. how I remember guys. See, like we got Ingles right here. So uh, this past season, he averages about ten points a game. Okay, and he shoots about forty percent from uh, three. from three. I would say that it felt like Chapman yeah. to me. Now, like Reddick feels like he's kind of elevated himself over, like a Ingles. Is mm-hmm. that is that fair enough? Yeah. So I would say maybe Chapman was in between, depending okay. on what point of his career. But again, I remember. I mean, at college time, like stud in college, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, obviously, now if you know some of the story, if you look story, it, it, he had uh, pain pill yeah. abuse. 
and I think his life got really off the tracks and, and you know nobody had heard him for a while and then all of a sudden he just resurfaces on social media and he has one of the best Twitter accounts you'll find and, and yeah, it's everywhere it, it is across the board people seem to like it yeah and uh, it started with blocker charge like mm-hmm. he started this thing where it's basically you know and he chill like a little kid getting run over by his brother, block or charge. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. some of the craziest videos you can find on the Internet yeah. and be block or charge. Well, now it's really turned into some cool things that he finds. I, I still don't know. I'd love to know. And maybe they tell you in the story um, kind of what the how he finds these. Do people just send them to him? Does he always look for these? Because well, now how it's do like you he think must of feel it, like man. it's his like, personal responsibility now to do this well, day I'm in, day out. I'm sure it's his job, really, right? Like, I mean, there has to be some kind of income coming his he way because of it. shirts, I yeah, know, yeah. being made. And I think they might have, I thought he said he did something like Adult Swim, where they, maybe they're... Did well, you I, I was going to bring that up because, well, yeah, I saw it too. So, literally, um, in my timeline... A couple of days. It must have been like last weekend. And yeah, obviously I follow Adult Swim and, and Cartoon Network. And basically, for the for the lame person, um, Adult Swim is like the the late night version of Cartoon Network, yeah. right? So it's just it's cartoons, but it's like Family Guy and things like that, which kids you know probably shouldn't be watching. Anyways, Adult Swim actually put out a tweet about Rex Chapman. I'm like, why is Adult Swim tweeting about Rex Chapman? But I guess like yeah, he is associated with them as well. So it goes to show you, right? Like. I mean, literally his third chance because, you know, he's, he's an NBA and everything. And then he kind of has a falling out with that and, you know, the opiate addiction and everything. So then he gets granted another opportunity and then he takes that opportunity and just becomes this viral sensation. And it's cool because it can transcend anybody. Yeah. It can, it can transcend any culture, any upbringing, any age. Like everyone knows blocker charge for the, for the most part. Yeah, so I, I think it's cool. Like Adult Swim kind of realized it, it that. It is really well. cool to see. Like obviously I, I wasn't like, I didn't know his stats and everything. I didn't even know he had that long of a career in the NBA. I, I just remember him playing uh, for Charlotte, and I remember him in college more so. I mean, it was just my wheelhouse when I was a kid, and I, he was a huge, huge star in college. And uh, But it's funny with you guys, you know, even your age group, you wouldn't recall those days, but you actually know him on the Twitter side. You'd be like, "Who's well, this Rex Chapman guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's really an interesting story, so I'm looking forward to that on ESPN. That was a long way to say I'm looking forward to that on ESPN, but I think he, he's, a, he's a neat guy. It's really... You know, there's so many bad things to Twitter and social media and all this other stuff, but there's so many other good things. It's like this time we're living in right right, right now. There's so many bad things yeah, yeah. about it. You know, it's it's really not not a great time. It's not like it's going to be remembered for this glorious time. Everybody's stopping. The economy's taking a hit. Uh, you know, our lives are are inconvenienced in so many ways, and obviously people are sick and people some are dying. So uh, it's not. But there are so many good things that come out of it. I saw a news story we did last night on, on CBS 47 and Fox 30, how they celebrated a, a local woman's 101st birthday. Oh, and the, the lengths that the people went to to make it a special day for her was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Chapman's kind of that guy right now well, on Twitter. And listen, in terms of social media, you know, like what you said, where you have just the back and forth all the time, and it can be such a toxic environment. And the other side of the coin, you have the the self-righteous, you know, like yeah. you should be doing things this certain way. You should be agreeing with me. And I'm not saying that all that's not wrong. I mean, I, people can do whatever they want to do. But I'm just saying, opinions, yeah. yeah, exactly. But I'm saying in, in the terms, the grand scheme of everything, you have a guy like Rex Chapman who it's about blocker charge, right? Where it's some of the stupidest videos you're ever going <laughs> to see, right? But guess what? We all gravitate towards it because kind of like sports, it takes our mind off it a little bit, you know? And if you're watching with a group of friends or if, if you share it, um, you know, like in a group message, like then you talk about that video. So 
it's just amazing how the most random videos, the most random things that don't really inspire anybody, that don't really prove any kind of point whatsoever, but we can just sit back, laugh, and be entertained. That's what it's all about, man. That's why I think it's really cool what Russ Chapman's doing. You said it. You said it last. See, my kids, I don't think, are on Twitter unless they legally are and haven't joined. Oh, I haven't get to seen the bottom that. of that, Brent. But uh, so I show them it all the time. Yeah. And we like I show them like ten videos at a time because I want to see more of them. And yeah, it's just yeah. fun. Everybody laughing. You know, it's, yeah. it's really fun. Gotta avoid the ones with uh, that that aren't appropriate for the kids too. There's some of those. But uh, it, it's a really cool mix. So anyway, uh, if you haven't checked it out, check out Rex Chapman. But I'm I'm more intrigued by the story ESPN will tell about him. I, I think that would be really cool uh, and and something maybe to watch this weekend if you're looking for for something uh, to do. We hit on this a little bit earlier, but we never expanded on it. And really kind of shame on me for not doing it as much yesterday either uh, on the NFL draft. The NFL draft is going on. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell said to a memo uh, in a memo to teams again, hey, it's on. It's on April 23rd, 25th. He basically said, go find a place you can do it. You can't be in your buildings. Go find a remote location where you can have the communication, you can utilize the technology, and you can draft players. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is going to be fascinating for teams. I mean, that's not an easy process. I don't think it is. Maybe it's easier than I want to, than, than, than I'm thinking. But I'm thinking like a giant room with a whiteboard. There's a curtain over it that nobody can see in yeah. your draft board and kind of scenarios and all these players written down and the magnets, you know, that you put up there and then cross it off if a guy's off the board. I think this can be really challenging for teams. Like, I understand why GM said, wait a minute, should we be doing this? I don't know if I fully understand what Roger Goodell is doing here. I, I do. You, is this an iron fist? Is this a we're bigger than this? Or is this his way of saying... Listen, we first of all, people want some of this. Like we just saw it last week in free agency. People want this. Yeah. And we can accomplish this even if we're inconvenienced. And and we don't need to reset it. And we at the same time we can give people what they want. We can give them a little bit of sports, a little bit of a break from this. So I don't I feel like if I say that I'm giving Goodell too much credit because I don't like the the messaging doesn't sound like that. I I don't feel like the messaging is, hey, there's a lot going on, you know, but we just showed last week people were into it, people on social media, and some people are too busy with that, and some people have more important things going on with that, and that's fine too. But we feel like we can be an outlet, and they're only transactional things. We're not throwing the party in Vegas. We can do this with the technology we have. Yeah, it's a little old school. Yeah, people are being inconvenienced, but we think for even if you want to selfishly say the calendar of the NFL, but also for the fans of the NFL to have something to talk about, something other than seeing the numbers of coronavirus and everything else that's out there because there's not much else out there to talk about and see. Well, I'd, I'd feel a little better about it if he almost came out and said it and was transparent in that way. So I'm really confused on Goodell. I don't want to immediately go to be like, what the heck? Uh, but I did tweet last night when I saw the memo and Adam Schefter put out I'm like, Basically, it's like Roger's saying, you ain't stopping my deal. Because yeah. that's the way it's coming across to me. Yeah. Let's be honest of what the NFL is all about for a quick second. Okay? Yeah, player safety is important. Yeah, spreading the brands important. And, and yeah, community outreach is it's big. I, I get that. But the NFL is all about making money. Okay? Now, the NFL draft party and everything in Las Vegas... No gambling for Brent Martin. No, that's a bummer for you, and that sucks. I'm sorry that you have to go through that. Well, they're going to lose a lot of money there. But they're going to lose a ton of money, right? But I think at the same time, though, 
Roger Goodell knows that if he keeps the ship afloat and if he keeps all hands on deck and just a status quo like nothing's going on, I think that increases the bottom line a little bit, right? Because, what, like you said, the NFL draft can go on without the – Without like the media and without like all the pageantry and everything, and without the the cool suits and the and the cool shoes, like the NFL draft can survive. And I think right now with the landscape of professional sports, where there's not much going on, you know, I mean, there might be a UFC fight in a couple weeks. WrestleMania, I think, is still on, but besides that, you got nothing. I think Roger Goodell sees an opportunity where it's like, you know what? If we can just keep acting like nothing's really wrong. It's going to help the NFL out, right? Because all of a sudden people are going to tune in even more now, maybe to the draft, right? Because you're still going to have those clips of those players getting drafted. You're still going to see some college football action and things like that from the highlights. And I think social media will obviously be ablaze. So, yes, you take a hit by not having it in Vegas with all the pageantry and everything. But then you also make the profit because you're the only show in town right now. And I think Roger Goodell realizes that. And if you were to postpone it, if you're going to po- postpone the only show in town, well, then that leaves you with bad optics. Yeah, listen, I, I can come with you on that. I understand it. That's marketing. That's 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 business. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, I mean, it's so different. It's like golf courses right now. I don't think everybody agrees golf courses should be open. But I think there's also a pretty good argument that golf courses should be open and, and can be open. It can operate if you operate under the right way. And golf courses are doing okay. And, and usually when the economy goes bad, golf courses don't do well. So I like I, I'm okay with that idea that that thinking and and then we can all debate whether it's right or wrong. We'll see how long that lasts, but uh, that's fine. I I guess what I always come back to like the NFL doesn't need to market itself. The NFL is about as saturated as you can get in the United States. Like the NFL has so many fans. Like, are there really more fans to get? Like like if you tell me baseball was like this and baseball has a new window of opportunity where they're the only thing. The NHL, they're the only thing. Even I don't even know if the NBA fits this, but maybe it's got maybe anything. I could almost agree with that on anything else. But the football, everybody plays fantasy football, gambles on football, loves football, watches football. Look at the numbers. Every fall, they're, the top ten shows of the week are usually football games. So I just – is there really that thinking involved? Is there that much to gain? Is it is it is it the mindset of Vince McMahon – where we are, see, I could see Vince McMahon thinking like that. We're the only show in town, right? I could see that. I just don't know. And I, I, I'm really torn on this one. I, I'm not saying it shouldn't go on. I think it's going to be very challenging, uh, for the team. So I think it's unique in that sense. I almost like the storyline of unique, uh, and it's transactional stuff. That's fine. That's not going to, well, let me ask you this. They are, they, it's not a danger to anybody. If you're a college kid getting ready to be drafted, wouldn't you rather have it on the, the date instead of waiting? Because then you're just spending that much more time, like, where am I going to live? Yeah. Where am I going to go? Like, at least if you're one of the draftees, you have a good idea of where you're going to go, obviously. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you have the peace yeah. of mind. That's a fair point. If I was a kid, I'd want to know where my team is and start yeah. making and getting acclimated and, and at least mentally being ready for that and end this process. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I guess so. But I think we also have learned, like, if you read some, like, Daniel Jeremiah, I think he said, like, there were 30 guys 
that maybe were not on draft boards that ended up getting on teams or something mm-hmm. like that last year. I don't, I don't know the language of it, but he said well, that will shrink to maybe 10 or 15 guys because people won't take chances. They yeah. won't go to those local pro days. They won't see those guys in action. So I guess if I'm one of those guys, like, hey, hold up, hold up. I want a pro day. I want to sure. visit. I want any, every opportunity I yeah. can get, no. and we're not getting those. And that's a great point. In your eyes, though, what is a, what was the, what's like the negative by having the draft at the slot of time? Like, is there really a negative to doing it? Well, I would say it's a negative a little bit to that. Are you so getting, are you guys getting fully are, vetted? Are okay. you fully vetting your draft candidates? Hmm. Uh, are people that are going to slip because you don't get to see them on a visit in an interview setting but, or an updated medical or on a pro day because they didn't do it in February and they didn't know this kind of scenario was coming? But listen, Brendan, this is like I talked about before. This is where the regional scouts come into play. You did. Right? Yeah. And, and, and this is where you have to trust the staff that you've assembled to give you the right information, right? Because – you may not have to get to go to that pro day. You may not have to get to interview the guys that come in, you know, on those official visits now. Now what you have to go off of is the words of the scouting department. And that's why you hired them for it, right? So there's got to be a little give and take there from trust. So from that standpoint, I'm also intrigued because literally it's kind of putting somebody else in the driver's seat now where the regional scouts, not, not in the first rounds, obviously, but yeah. I'm just talking about the later rounds and, and maybe some of those, those reaches where you didn't see coming where it's like, all right, let's see what our scouting department's got now. Yeah, I, I, I get you, and I don't want to be hypocritical because I actually think these visits and all that other stuff is a little bit of wasted time anyway. Correct. Uh, so I don't want to, but I also don't want to forget about the, the young man that might have an opportunity of a lifetime mm-hmm. and is not going to get that opportunity. There will be some of those, you know, but, uh, that will slip through. No, and you're absolutely right. And listen, far be it for me to, to judge people for not being drafted, right? Because I, I, I was blessed enough to experience that. And there probably will be somebody out there that could get drafted that doesn't get drafted because of the events that have taken place. But at the same time, though, the cool thing with the NFL is if you're good enough, they're going to find you. And, yeah. and if you're good enough, you're going to get a chance. And you, you may not see that money right up front by getting drafted, but if you have the skill set, you know, and if you have the mindset, you can still have a long career in the NFL. Yeah, and I think uh, fans, by the way, for the most part, it's like, give me something. Yeah. Give me something. So they're less critical of the NFL, I think, than they normally would be. Yeah. Let's play some 10 questions in five minutes or, well, 15 minutes. We'll see. We'll take you up to the end of the week here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I want you to do this as a punk rock lead singer (laughs) in your next job. Well, if it keeps going like it is right now in the world, maybe I just will, Brent. Maybe I just will. Will we we come to my shows? Uh, One of them. (laughs) We'll play some Garth Brooks. (laughs) I'll play a a screamo version of death metal version of Friends in Low Places. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, the have you seen some? But Garth did a show on Monday. Okay, love Garth. I, I, hey, love him. I know. <laughs> yeah, love him. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I might love Garth more than Trisha. Is, love it, Garth. is Garth Brooks uh, like the 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 first round draft pick in in your depth chart? Is that what we're talking about here? He's he's the OG. He's he's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I try not to leave anybody out there. George Strait. Um, oh, you mean just in country? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm saying like country music. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Garth uh, definitely goes way back. Now, I mean, I'm really big Zach Brown yeah. and uh, Eric Church. Yeah. Where's George? You don't have George Strait on nah, there? George the young Superdor? Come on, man. Yeah, George Strait's great. Okay. But I, I okay. will say I don't, like, Garth Brooks, 
comes out with an album. Eric Church comes out with an album. Zach Brown comes out with an album. I've got it. Gotcha. George Strait, he's come out with a million albums. Maybe yeah, it has. was because I had to catch up to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, not so much. Last music question. Were you a big Brad Paisley guy back in the day? No. Really? Still not. No, not oh, really. See, I actually, I like Brad Paisley when he first came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I'm going to miss okay. her. Oh, I like okay. that. Okay. Okay. I mean, I like him, yeah. but I'm not like... So is I'm not sure when Paisley's come out with new stuff like, anyway. But did you kind of picture like Paisley to be more like like kind of like bro country? I guess, I mean like I don't, why don't you like Brad Paisley? I just say I like, don't like him. Okay. I, there's just some that I gravitate to more, and he's sure. not one. Okay. I was even telling like Kaylee this because uh, Kenny Chesney's got like a new one out right here oh, and now. Chesney, I think is the yeah. name of the song. And like I'm not I, I was never like a huge Kenny Chesney fan, but the more I, like like I listen to it and I like a lot of it. Uh, but I, I guess I wasn't a fan, like in terms. Of, I want to go see him in concert. Gotcha. Like I, I was. If Garth Brooks coming to Jacksonville, I'm going. If Eric Church is coming to Jacksonville, I'm going. If Zach Brown's going, yeah. I'm going. If Kenny Chesney's coming to Jacksonville, I'm not like I need to be there. Yeah, I'll never forget Kenny Chesney came to the uh, the Jacks Beach Bars to play a, like a, a small show. It was um. It was that's kind of that's so cool. get this. It was at Freebird Live. It was during the spring because it was during OTAs. I was still on the team at the time because it was Gus Bradley's year. So, like, dude, kind of Kenny Chesney, but the venue only held, obviously, like, 200, 300 people. That's one of those surprise shows. Yeah, that's a surprise. I forgot, like, I think somebody sponsored it, maybe. It was, like, a beer. Th- I don't oh, know, whatever awesome. it was. But um, needless to say, I wanted to go to it, obviously. Like, I didn't, I'm not a big Kenny Chesney fan, but it's still a cool experience to say I was there. So, you know, I, I tried to use the perks, and I asked some of, like, you know, the, like, I asked Van, our, our player personnel yeah, yeah. guy. I'm like, hey, yeah. can you hook us up, man? Like, I want to go see the show, and a bunch of players did. And he's like, no, unfortunately, like, I can't. I mean, it's such a small venue, like, no one can get in there. I'm like, oh, it's all like VIP type stuff. The next day, team meetings were sitting there, and Gus, Brad, no, Gus Bradley and Todd Walsh were talking about how cool the Kenny Chesney concert <laughs> was. Gus went to that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good story. A little did bitter. You, did you? Because I know you like the alternative music. Did yeah. you? Were you like at everything. the very small? Um, it was actually a beach bar when Twenty One Pilots played. I was there. You did go to that. Yeah. I was there too. Oh, really? Yeah, I Man, was in college. Uh, I came up for it. Probably right to square up on Kuz or something. <laughs> I was like, who's this? this yeah, he's Brett. Dude, I don't no. think you'd waste your time. You know what? Truth be told, I'd probably laugh outside with him getting arrested. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Not yeah, like that's ever there happened. was a point yeah. where I was in cuffs and he was standing over me. Yeah, and yeah. That's what you get. That's crazy. Small world. Yesterday. Small world. <laughs> that's fantastic. Who do I see? Uh, I always say this. I, I I think this is cooler than most people will say. Um, I like a little dive place like that. Mm-hmm. I saw, But this was more, it wasn't dive because they were big and, and then showed up in like that. Like, yeah. you know, those stories of Jimmy Buffett and, yeah, and doing yeah, that yeah. in the Keys. And, um, this was more because this was at their start, but it was just a small, like, club kind of concert uh down in, at ohio state or near ohio state uh, and we made the trip down with our, our college radio station to do third eye blind oh d- yeah <laughs> third eye blind who was big at the time right they had some couple songs like that would have been in the like, 96 97 area did I, I can't remember if I told it on the air, and I think I might have told it to you off the air. Did I share the Lance Briggs Third Eye Blind story? No. So Lance Briggs, yeah, all Chicago. pro, all pro linebacker from Chicago, we're having, we're having like this media meeting because this is right after like the Richard Sherman thing. So like we had to have meetings about like how do we want to present ourselves to the media and things <laughs> like that, and how do we present ourselves like after <laughs> interviews. So literally like they sent some like an, like some NFLPA media person to come talk to us for like an hour. 
And keep in mind, this is like right after practice. This is during the summer, by the way. So this is like the following season after Richard Sherman. So like we're going through a training camp, and now we have to like sit through an hour meeting about talking to how to present ourselves. And I'll never forget the person, whoever the lady was, I forgot her name. She's, you know, going through this whole display, and she's going through like a PowerPoint thing, and she's like, and keep in mind, too, Watch what you type about cryptic stuff because because like song lyrics things like that it can present yourself in a bad way, and I I kid you not I swear on anything, Lance Briggs stands up and he's like, yeah y'all t- tweeting that Third Eye Blind stuff you know that one song uh what, what's the Third Eye Blind's big song um uh I want something else or whatever I think you're right. Uh, I know that. Uh, yeah, whatever it's called. S- semi-charm life. Yeah. Semi-charm life. Lance Briggs stands up and goes, yeah, y'all try to tweet that se- semi-charm life, you know, because they're talking about uh, heroin and stuff in that song. And I turn around, I'm like, is Lance Briggs really trying to quote Third Eye Blind Semi-Charm Life talking about drug use in a song in front of the NFLPA media lady right now? So, like, he literally stood up, sat back down, and I just turn around, I'm like, okay, Lance, I see you, dude. Like, the, the last person I'd ever expect to quote a Third Eye that's Blind awesome. lyric was Lance Briggs. I love so many levels of that story. That Lance Briggs did that. Uh, that mm. That's a good uh, memory of a story. Like yeah. that would have been, by the way, in like 2014. Yeah, that he's yeah. quoting Third Eye Blind yeah, songs. Yeah. And uh, also the fact that they had to come to every team and meet about how to speak to the media after <laughs> how, to, how, how to present ourselves. <laughs> and yeah. By the Give way, me a break, man. A great story in that I think is that was the turning point of branding potentially in the NFL. Like you can make the case. Like if somebody really wanted to deep dive that. Yeah. And you go back and say, hey, that was and people will say, well, Deion Sanders was all about branding. I get it. Yeah. But the power that Richard Sherman had after that the, his name, his brand, his after that comment mm-hmm. changed the game in a lot of ways. And if you You're think right. about it from 2013 2013 on or what was that 12 or whatever in in the last 7 or 8 years how branding has become such an, a big part of the NFL on yeah. an individual basis, whether it's what they say, what they tweet, uh, what they wear, uh, and, and how they play. Uh, it's, it's, it's a topic on our show all the time. It's and, a fantastic and it's changed point. The no, it, it's a fantastic point. You're absolutely right. It's just it's so crazy, though, like how, you know, like, I guess, strung out the NFLPA was. Like, we don't want a bunch of Richard Shermans, I guess, running around speaking our minds. Like, it was just crazy how they approached that whole situation. But like you said, it, it's something good came of it. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to do 10 questions or at least uh, however we can get to. Uh, big thanks to uh, our friends, uh, friend Brian and, and everybody at CGC Water and uh, Connecticut and official water of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I saw Coos drinking one earlier. Keeps me hydrated throughout the show, that's for sure. But uh, make sure you uh, check them out if uh, you have any of uh, your water treatment needs uh, during this time and also can really save on uh, water at home uh, with uh, your filtrated water and also uh, not having to go out and buy bottled water at the store. So uh, just a reminder, our friends at CGC Water in Connecticut and uh, everybody else who continues to support the show, really good people. So if you're in the need for uh, a water system, check them out, uh, CGC Connecticut. All right, uh, 10 questions. Uh, if we can get that many before the end of the week, what do we got? All right, well, actually, I'm going to go right off what's happening on ESPN, the TV right now, saying happy trails to AB joining Brady. So, Brent, yeah. um, does Antonio Brown get on a team? Or was this his main chance and it's not going to happen now because, you know, people have come out and said no. I think even 
uh, Arians came out and said no. Well, Arians came out and said no, and matter of factly said that guy doesn't fit in our locker room. I love that. That's that's part of the story that I like. I like a coach that's willing to say that, and you don't, and you can, you know what? You shouldn't commend a guy who's acted like that. It's okay to say something about a guy that's acted like that. It's you don't have to be like politically correct all the time. And he, I tell you, Antonio Brown hasn't earned that. And so for Arians to come out and be like, you know what? Listen, you can sit there and ask me about that all you want. As long as I'm the coach of this team, he's not coming in my locker room. It's not a fit. It's not what we're trying to create. I applaud Arians for saying that. Now, does he end up on a team? You know what, man? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think, like, Tampa was interesting or because Brady was sounded like he was going to go to bat for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to say no, but, you know, I always play that game, and then there's some desperate team that's willing to roll the dice on, on one of these guys. And because he's so talented – it's been a while now, though, since he's caught a pass in the NFL. And by the time they play football, whenever that is, it'll be a longer time before he's caught a pass in the NFL. Love that one. Chef's kiss to Brent Martineau. Nailed that question. <laughs> All right. Um, a photo was posted on Instagram. I know you don't have the gram. Well, we're off to a good start with this question, yep. okay? <laughs> uh, Tyrod Taylor is working out with Cam Newton. So do you think that's a sign that Cam may be potentially going to the Chargers? Ooh. I mean... Who posted it, Tyrod or Cam posted it? I believe Tyrod did. Ooh. Okay. Um, is that a sign? Not necessarily, because if you're Tyrod Taylor, why would you want to work out with Cam Newton if you have the, the chance of losing your job? So that's not a sign to me. I think a bigger sign is the fact that you have Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback right now, um, and you could probably upgrade yourself with Cam Newton. So that's probably a bigger sign. I don't. I wouldn't read too much into that hype. Just like I don't read too much in the Leonard Fournette tweeting out pictures of Leonard or of Cam Newton as well. All right, fair enough. Uh, Brent, by the way, this was what we forgot to talk about. We were talking about that in the break. What were we missing? Steph Curry talked with... <laughs> so I say you missed my wife? <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. That's like, dropping some lines. I like, I've seen her a lot. Uh, it's no. a Friday. Let's get crazy. <laughs> Steph Curry obviously had... Um, you're going to have to help me out with the last name pronunciation. Fauci. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's been a disaster trying to say that all How week. How do you know it? He's been all over the TV. Oh, okay. Once again. Well, right. First of all, I don't know how else you would say it. It's F-A-U-C-I. Yeah, F-A-U-C-I or something like that. But I'm pretty sure it's Fauci. And that, that does not count as my, you know, turn to jump in, by the way. Okay. But the question is, do you like that players are doing that? Like, Because the way Steph yeah. did it was on Instagram where it was kind of like an interview and they were just talking. You're right. I did want to make that a topic. And we could even elaborate this on next week when we have a little more time. But I thought that was pretty cool. Like, Steph Curry... Have an, and Fauci, I guess they knew somebody mutually, and so they set that up, and he was asking questions about it, and I think they said something like 50,000, 50, I think 50,000 people were watching like the Facebook Live. It might have been more than that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that big of a number for Steph Curry, so, uh, but 50 million sounds way too many, so I think it's 50,000 uh, that were watching it, you know, and who knows how many people have seen it since. I would say 50,000 people were watching live wow. when they were doing it. And it was asking quite, I mean, it wasn't like basketball conversations. It was a little bit like, hey, when could we get back to basketball if? Mm-hmm. And Fauci's been a star in this whole thing. I think it, it, it's with very little political bias or nature or whatever. It's just he's the doc and he's telling it how it is. And it seems like he's been a star uh, in, in the whole uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic and, and everyday press conference. But I thought it was fascinating that Curry did that. And it kind of prompted me to say, 
Do we like when our athletes do that, kind of get involved in something like that? I mean, listen, Drew Brees and his wife just donated $5 million. They're involved, too. A lot of players have been involved with their donations dollars-wise. But this is a more vocal and and, and a better illustration of a, a star player being involved in, hey, what's going on here? You know, let me help the public get answers. I thought it was a cool spot for Curry to do that. Uh, I don't pin athletes having to do that. I don't think they have to. Tiger Woods was always pinned with this stuff like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you speaking about this? Why you have a huge platform. You could change the world. Uh, and part of that, I think, was his dad said he was going to change the world. And then he decided not to talk about a lot of those kind of social things. And I think LeBron does talk about a lot of those things, but he also takes some heat when he talks about a lot of those things. Uh, Tiger kind of played it down the middle instead. Uh, and you know what? I think each is fine. Uh, I, I do kind of sit on the fence on that one. I think it's each to his own. I don't think they have the uh, – it's part of their job description to jump in on social issues uh, if they don't want to. All right, Austin. Uh, the Falcons signed Houston Roughnecks uh, linebacker Edmund Robinson. The question to you is, do you see Ed- – <laughs> That was the question. No. <laughs> Edmund Robinson? I thought the question was going to be like, can you break down the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah breaking exactly. down right now. No, yeah. but the question – I mean, uh, there's been a few guys – you know, from that league getting picked oh, up by NFL teams. Do you think any more get picked up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our, our boy Donald Parham got picked up. Uh, he's going to – Brent can help me, so I'm just going to say – Oh, you can help me. Uh, Parham's going to Chargers. Chargers, thank you very much. So um, will more guys get picked up? I, I think there will be a couple more, you know. And overall, listen, the XFL it obviously ended on a sour note because – of the whole coronavirus thing, so they had to cut the season short. I thought it was a very nice gesture by Vince McMahon to pay them their entire salary for the year. Not everybody's going to do that, you know. Not and and I get it; it's a short season, but still, I thought that was a great gesture. And I think where the you know the AAF kind of failed a little bit with getting a lot of guys to the league, the XFL is actually succeeding a little bit because if you look at the rosters right now, they are sending guys to the National Football League. So I think it's good in that standpoint where. If you have guys like in Canada that, you know, the goal is to go to Canada and then go to the NFL, well, the way it works in Canada is you're, you're tied to, I think, a two-year contract there. So you have to play out your, your entire career in Canada before you can go to the NFL. The cool thing with the XFL is the fact that they're their own separate entity going against the NFL, but guys are still going whenever they want. So I think overall it's a success for obviously a very weird season in sports, and I think we will see some more guys going. All right, Brent, uh, Todd Gurley said he did not see his release coming. Do you believe that, or was there, like, writing on the wall? Uh, I felt like the dollar figure there was writing on the wall. But, I mean, I believe a player is kind of like, hey, you know what, they're going to keep me. I'm valuable. They still see what I've done, and, and they have full confidence that they're going to do it again. Uh, but from a business decision, I didn't think that was that far-fetched that the Rams were going to cut them. All right, Austin, Bruce Arian says he thinks the Bucks are capable of going from 7-9 and nine in 2019 to Super Bowl contention. What do you? Th- how many more wins do you think they do need to add to be there? Ooh, well, in that division, you're playing against the Saints, and the Saints can easily get 12 wins this season again. I mean, why should it be any different, especially if Alvin Kamara is going to be even healthier this season? Um, you know, Michael Thomas cannot be stopped. You you have your your core guys coming back. You lose a couple guys on defense, AJ Klein and everything. But overall, Saints are going to be a tough team. So I think they're still the division favorites. So how many games do you have to win to get yourself in the playoffs? I think the magic number would be nine or ten. Um, can the Buccaneers make it to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I I, I don't think they're um, where they need to be quite yet. I think they're plus twelve hundred to win the Super Bowl. Plus twelve hundred. 
it's kind of juicy, isn't it? It's kind of juicy. Um, so overall, I think they're obviously going to have uh, a lot more success than they did last year. But I think you know how I bet where I have the Patriots getting more wins than the Buccaneers this year. So I'm going to the Jags. But I'm go- <laughs> ah, but, but so I'm going to need uh, the Buccaneers to struggle a little bit to save face with Brent Martin in his bet. Okay, in that same sentence, he said uh, that talent is not an issue for the team. The problem last year was turnovers. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I mean obviously thirty turnovers. Uh, I think I saw somebody Shots say fired at James I think I saw somebody say forty one turnovers last year. He was responsible for thirty five of them. Uh, hey. Hey, I'm going to end, instead of with an interrupter, I'm going to end with a, a question uh, for Austin. I know we got to get out of here in a couple minutes. But WWE, yeah, uh, Roman Reigns out of WrestleMania, yeah. are they in a bit of trouble right now? Is this a situation? Again, yeah. if we go back two weeks ago, AEW had a great show. People were saying, I don't yeah. know about uh, this week, so the, how the, people the, thought. This but- past, past week, again, the, the ratings were a little down, but they still won the ratings war, if you will, against NXT. So okay. they're, they're doing great. Don't so, worry about them. But now is the WWE opening up a little bit of a hole because yeah. uh, it sounds like Vince McMahon's in trouble with his own wrestlers. So what makes Vince McMahon such a great businessman can also make Vince McMahon a villain in terms of the wrestlers that work for him. It's essentially his way or the highway. And unfortunately with this whole thing transpiring now with WrestleMania, what happened? He was like the last guy to pull the plug on WrestleMania, right? Like he, he was the lone wolf saying they're, they're going to literally make the city of Tampa Bay shut them down. Okay. I, I, I can see that power play. So be it. But now we're talking about where you're going to have all the the events, you know, for WrestleMania at the Performance Center, and one of your wrestlers by the name of Roman Reigns, who arguably is the most popular wrestler right now in the world, especially with kids, which is obviously the big demographic. Um, he's coming off a battle with leukemia, which he got last year. Uh, he returns to the ring. Obviously, he kind of picked up where he left off a little bit, and he's still very popular. Well, with the coronavirus and everything going around right now, I mean, coming back from leukemia, you know, an autoimmune uh, disease, one would think that you probably don't want to be around people and you want to kind of quarantine yourself just because you don't want to get sick again. So it ended up being that Roman Reigns was very hesitant to work WrestleMania. Vince McMahon tried to talk him into it. Roman Reigns has backed out, and I guess the, the behind-the-scenes stuff is a lot of wrestlers right now are, hap- are not happy with how that whole situation went down. So... You lose one of your biggest wrestlers. Um, a couple tag teams like the Usos are saying they, they might not be in WrestleMania anymore. And it could this could literally backfire in Vince McMahon's face if he keeps on trying to have this go-go attitude with everything that's transpiring around the world. By the way, this is good hosting right here and good tying into all our brands. You can watch WWE oh. tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox 30. Stockton to Malone, baby. Ray Allen to Garnett. There it is. Yeah. Tonight. 8 o'clock. You can also watch me on TV tonight, CBS 47 at Fox 30. That'll happen within the hour and also later tonight from the home office. Do you want to go monster hunting with me this weekend? Monster hunting. <laughs> Do you want to come with? I'm only going monster hunting if the ammo is real. <laughs> sorry, sorry, burst your bubble. It's not. I'll see you next week. Go then. get him, Ronan. Get the monsters and that guy on the ladder. Have a good weekend, everybody. Be safe, be well, and uh, we'll talk some more sports on Monday at 3 o'clock. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. For Coos in Austin, I'm Brett Markle. Thanks to Ryan Murphy and Mark Long for jumping in as well. I'll see you on TV tonight. 
Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save big. 